You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 193 of the Great Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. We are here with you now to give you sensual podcasting. Sensual? I don't know what that means. <laughs> they're they're going to ha- do like ASMR. Do some mukbang. Mukbang? Yeah, that's where you just eat. On a microphone? Uh, Apparently that's a thing that people enjoy. I don't know. I don't want to hear someone eat. People are the worst. <laughs> like, like I don't get ASMR. Like, the only thing that I can listen to is white noise. Like, if I have to listen to anything else, I'm going to go crazy. And especially if I have to listen to, like, wet mouth noises or... Mukbang. Uh, <laughs> or muck, People chewing. <clears throat> that makes me want to die. <laughs> Like, if I'm listening to the show and I, I can hear either of our, like, lip smacking or, like, wet mouth noises, I, I get, like, disgusted by myself. <laughs> um, so there's that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to kink shame. We're not allowed to ASMR shame. I don't know why. We were watching uh, CSI, um, and they were investigating this ring of people selling dirty panties i didn't understand i barely watched it <laughs> but to me that's what it looked like they were doing they were like in a somewhere in vegas in this like underground membership thing i guess i guess a club i mean not like a like a nightclub but there's women like dancing around on tables not like a strip club just kind of like moving around sexually um and uh, you know, they're just like, like as a doctor or like a baseball player and stuff. And then they have like this display rack of all their used panties and like sealed plastic packages. Um, and it's like people are in the episode was called the panty sniffer. And it's just like, that's absolutely fucking disgusting, but it's a kink. So we're not allowed to shame people for it. I mean, in, uh, Japan, you can like buy used panties and vending machines. machines yeah. Actually, I think they talked about that in the, in the episode. Um, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. No, I mean you're you know you're allowed to like what you like as long as you're not hurting other people. Uh, but I'm allowed to think that it's weird. Yeah, it's it's not a shame thing. It's just a uh, you know it's you do you. Yeah, know? it's like you know you gotta do you, but you're still gross. <laughs> In your opinion. Well, it's like, you you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you know it's gross. That's why you don't talk about it. <laughs> Fucking sniffing panties or like licking f- 
feet. <laughs> oh God! Like I um, I frequent this Twitch other artist Twitch stream. It's kind of like a little community that he's built up there. But every couple of weeks we do art prompts, and this like. As you watch a channel, you get channel points, and you can redeem those for different things that the streamers have offered. For 100,000 channel points, this guy will allow you to pick a prompt theme. I actually did one a few weeks ago. Um, I picked video game characters. And then the same day I redeemed my points, another gal in the chat also redeemed hers. Her prompt was feet. And it's like, I try to make it to all these prompts, even if I don't actually participate in them. I like to come and see what other people have done. That one stayed far <laughs> away. You're like, all right there, Rex Ryan. Mm. All right there, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I have no tolerance for feet or people who enjoy feet. It's, it's wrong. It's dirty and wrong. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Taylor? Not so bad. What's new with you? Uh, not much. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Going back to my old position at work. I guess I didn't know you had a different position. I've been in, I, I do all positions. For me? <laughs> it's like, for me, a lot of your job, it's like Barney on, on my, <laughs> my brother. It's like, I know where you work. I know more or less what you do, but it's like, I don't know what your day-to-day -day looks like. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, mine, I work in accounting. I'm not terribly interesting either. Yeah. Um, uh, why, why are you going back? Because it... uh, the person that is currently doing it is quitting. Oh, fair enough. Yep. As long as you still get paid the same. Nope. Getting paid more. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, periods are always nice. Yeah. Um, I just, money spending's good. <laughs> I just got one recently because we got rid of a of a lady who was helping us. Like she was a kind of a temp, but like, why can't I think of the word vendor? She was um, a, a private accountant. That was helping us do like like closing our books at the end of the month because we had such a small accounting staff at the time. But we had her on staff for like two, three years, and we're paying her a fortune. <laughs> and eventually, it's like it came to a point where our, our our management was like, "We don't really need her anymore." So, bye. Yeah. Um, and so everything we were paying her was actually spread through the around the rest of the accounting team. So we all got a nice little bump. Nice. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> money spends good. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Should we do our little announcement? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about it for months now. Grave Plot Film Fest coming up fast um, on February 4th? 5th. 5th. Um, and, uh, you know... We, we put out a statement, and I'm, I mean, I wrote it, so I'm probably just going to pair a lot of it. But, you know, we, we, we've been monitoring COVID and Omicron pretty, pretty closely. I mean, as close as two guys who run a podcast would. Um, and we were hoping things would get a lot better by now. 
Um, and it just, they're getting worse. <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like nationally <laughs> Omicron, it seems to be declining, but overall, I mean, th- th- the COVID pandemic has not gotten any better. It's gotten worse. Yeah. Um, like I just saw a thing from Washington state hospitals putting out just like this letter to the world, like, please get vaccinated. We are so overworked. We have no more room. Uh, friend of ours said that she uh, couldn't go in for a surgery because of because of covid oh really like the third time her surgery's been delayed um that's the thing is people hear like oh you know these hospitals are overrun and they're like well not that many people have covid it's like they're not all covid people but they're people who have covid who don't need to be in the hospital yeah if they had gotten vaccinated then you know they wouldn't be in the hospital you had covid and you were vaccinated and you what had a cough for a couple days right like Cough and congestion. I mean, it, nothing that to send you to the hospital. No. So people who need surgeries or who, you know, get in a car crash or something, they can't go to the hospital because there's no room. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can get vaccinated and, and be like me and be more or less over the symptoms in less than a week. Or you can be like Meatloaf, who doesn't get vaccinated and dies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You can be like John Stockton and get your Gonzaga tickets taken away. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I never um, liked that guy. Really? Yeah. Well, because he's white. Because I'm a Sonics fan and I fucking hate the Utah Jazz. Fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to the point. Uh, we were really, really looking forward to having people back at our, uh, Arc Lodge um, this year. I mean, all our branding is revolving yeah. around. I mean, it's on our poster. We were getting really psyched about it. Um, but Arc Lodge is very psyched about it. We just can't right now, in good conscience, bring a room full of people to sit together for four hours um, and feel good about it. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it, it's creating too much of a risk. Uh, and we, we just, we can't feel responsible for getting people sick. So that being the case, we have decided to move everything online like we did last year. Um, aside from a, a brief hiccup, that went pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping that if you were planning to come to the festival this year, uh, that you'll still join us online. Um, you can still buy tickets at the same place. Greatplatfilmfest.com. Thank you. Um, and uh, if you've already bought tickets, those will be honored. Um, yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Now you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And if you're, you know, like, our, like Lance in Wisconsin, our, our good buddy Lance, or, you know, Kevin in California, or, you know, some of the filmmakers that are in other countries can now attend. So that's, that's the upside to it. Yeah. Um, since people have been asking, the way it's going to work is sometime before the festival, you'll get sent a uh, login information, username and password. You'll get access to a private page on our website. And that's that's where the, the film fest will take place, and it's going to be just like last year. It's as if it was live, you know. I I'm hoping that we're going to be able to do our part live this year. We pre-recorded it last year, but I would love to be able to do it live. Yeah. Um, and then you know we'll show the movies on the the live stream the same way we would on the big screen. Uh, so it's from three to seven Pacific time. After that, they're gone. 
we're not, you know, putting them up for people to watch for 24 or 48 hours or something. It's, it's exactly like watching it live. Yeah. And I mean, that's not necessarily because we won't, we want to, it's, you know, if, we would we would love for you guys to be able to come just check out the festival at any given time, but these aren't our films. We mm-hmm. have an agreement with the filmmakers that we have one screening and one screening only. Um, after that, it's 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 no longer ours to show. Um, so that's why we have to do the live event. We can't allow we can't have uh, on demand availability. It's just how things have to be. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, same same time, same date, different location. Um, so, like I said, we hope you'll still join us. Um, we're we're still excited to do it. Um, it's it, it's definitely a bummer that we can't do it live, but you know, we got to keep everybody's safety in mind. So, um, yeah, graveplotfilmfest.com. That's going to be where all the details are um, as as they change. Because we're you know this was a last minute thing, so we're still kind of getting everything situated, but as we have them available, we will provide the details to everyone. Mm -hmm. So join us. Um, Okay. Well, I guess before we get into the show proper, we uh, need to thank some folks. Uh, Our grave diggers over on Patreon uh, who help finance this show. Um, It's not an expensive show that we operate here, but it uh, does cost money. And we don't have much of it, so these people really shoulder a lot of the burden uh, as far as, like, hosting fees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, these lovely folks I'm speaking so fondly of are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of our hearts. You are the best around nothing's gonna ever keep you down taylor if anybody else wants to join the party where can they go they can go to patreon.com slash grave plot podcast you can join us for as little as one dollar which will get you things like joining us live for horror business we are live right now uh five dollars get your name in the show you can be one of those people that tony's uh just just read off or you can also get things like discounts at the grave plot podcast merch store i mean who doesn't want me want to hear me say their name that's right you also can uh pick some of the movies we do patreon picks episodes throughout the year as well as week of the patreon pick during october rama and uh other goodies throughout the year so come join us patreon.com slash great podcast woo party yeah i want just a ridiculously long list for tony to read just like spend like half an hour going through names. There's there's a podcast called um, Small Town Murder, and I, I've I've told you this before that they are basically us if we did true crime, right? And they they have a long list of patrons, and the the guy one of the guys Jimmy reads them every episode, and he <laughs> I think he hand writes them. Why? So he like has trouble reading his own handwriting. <laughs> and it's so funny. And because people also throw out fake names all the time. Yeah. And so he's just like, like, Anita Dick? What? I don't think so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, Carson... Fuck. That's what I want Tony to do. So go join us on Patreon. Taylor wants me, wants you to help me embarrass myself. Yes. 
Very much so. <laughs> Good fucking luck, because I have no shame. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, where do we go from here, Taylor? We go to horror business. Yeah! Callback. What does that have to do with anything? Talking about CSI earlier. No. I don't want but that's the when you make a bad pun, you do that noise. That's not in the sh- I guess horror business is well, that's not really a pun. It's kind of a pun, but not a good one. Not that, that there are any good puns. Is that a pun? <laughs> uh so um What is a pun? <laughs> that was always sunny. Yeah, the episode where they're in the convenience store and the guy comes in and rob it and then they like each have their own little individual oh, yeah, yeah. thing. That was Max. Got it. Like when you kicked him in the freezer, you should have told him to chill out. <laughs> Man, I haven't kept up with that season. Like I've watched the uh, first what two, three episodes. And like, uh, oh the new season? Yeah. It's not because I don't want to, it's just I keep forgetting that it is there. It's pretty good. The whole thing with Charlie's dad is pretty good. Yeah, that was that was very similar to the episode where Mac comes out to his dad. Yeah. Like, it was funny, but it was also very deep and, like, where did this come from? Yeah. I love the fact that Charlie just knows Gaelic. <laughs> it's just, like, in his blood. Just, like, the way that he can just play piano. Right. Although, I guess he, what, he exchanged Gaelic correspondence with his dad for his entire life? Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, anyway. anyway. <laughs> So we're not talking about Ireland. We're talking about Argentina. That's how they say it. Is it? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, so Argentina actually has, you may not know this, but Argentina actually has a large uh, beef market. Oh, I was like, with like Uruguay? Or? <laughs> no, Argentinian beef, it's just like a thing. Um, but, uh, a bad thing for those beef farmers, uh, there has been a series of mysterious cattle mutilations. Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson. That's who it was. I don't get it. He has a submission move called the cattle mutilation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, is that, is that who he's going by now? Brian Danielson. That's his real name. I, I knew that. I just. Because WWE owns Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Yeah. So stupid. But at least they don't own his real name. So the best thing is to just call him Brian, because then you're right either way. Okay, <laughs> um, so... Yeah, some cattle mutilations have given rise to concerns that a... T- Follow me here. A chupacabra. <gasps> <laughs> Did I tell you that about the book that we got Lynn's niece? Uh... Yes. It's called Please Don't Eat Me, Chupacabra. Oh, I must be thinking about a different book then. But it also comes in Spanish. Oh. So it's like, no me comes, Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so according to a local media report, the curious case centers around farmer Hugo Valenzuela. Should I, should I keep doing that? No. 
Uh, uh, it's property near the scenery, see, uh, city, Ciudad. Ciudad de. De Esquina. <laughs> I think it's Esquina. Oh, do they do that there? I don't know. Oh, there's only Spain. España. España. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. Uh, um, in three separate incidents over the last two months, he found cows that were killed in a peculiar fashion where their tongues, udders, and reproductive organs <laughs> kinky, uh, were remo- removed uh, with eerie, uh, yeah, God damn it, an eerie level of precision. So there's that. Taking the cow's dicks. <laughs> Cutting they dicks off. Uh, tongues, udders, and reproductive organs. I mean, is, is there a market for that? I guess that would be a bull, though. If it's a cow, it wouldn't have a dick. It's true. So it's taking like it's like ovaries and shit. Like, well, I mean, you know, cows, females have the udders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, females have ovaries. Probably too. just the dicks. But it says they're cows, not bulls, so they don't have dicks. Well, bulls are cows. It's just a it's a name for the male. <laughs> but why not? Wouldn't it say bulls then? I don't know, man. You are the bullshit. <laughs> what do I look like, Hugo Valenzuela? I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. He could look like you, maybe. Well, that'd be weird. Just like a, his, a <laughs> Latino Tony. <laughs> Latoni. That's hard to say, Latino Tony. Is it? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not as hard as I, maybe it's not as hard as I expected it to be. <laughs> uh, there's no trace of bleeding, Valenzuela has marveled. Well, that's weird. That is weird. It means it had to have been like a hot knife. Hot. Hot knife. Look out. Hot knife. Not even traces to indicate the animal could have crawled or rammed. I assume he means the animal that attacked it, right? Or does he mean the cow? Probably the cow. How would the cow have rammed? Why well, yeah, they run? And what is <laughs> And then just its innards just fall out? <laughs> I think he's implying that the animal clearly didn't move, and so there's no blood around. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Again, what do I look like? You go bounce with Um, the farmer also noticed that there are no that no other animals. We'll go near the remains of the downed cows. Well, why would they? Uh, eat to eat the eat the dead. Sometimes animals eat dead animals. Not a lot of animals, though. Yeah, but it's beef. It's free beef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there were no witnesses to the chilling killings. Ch- chilling killings. Chilling killing. Chilling killings. <laughs> Latino Tony, Latino Tony, Latino Tony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> tip of the tongue, the teeth. <laughs> the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. <laughs> We're going to get through the story. Uh, the farmer and the other residents of the area pointed the finger at the infamous Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. No me comes chupacabra. Uh, the reasoning is that a human would not attack a cow in the manner in which Valenzuela's cattle were killed with only some select organs removed. Why? Why not? Yeah. 
I feel like if like I feel like you can't just be like oh, a human wouldn't do that. Humans do a lot of shit. <laughs> what makes you think a chupacabra could precisely with precision with a hot knife with a hot knife <laughs> remove organs of an animal? That no. Pull your head out of your ass. And like I said, I don't know how you can just say that, oh, a human wouldn't do that. Like, you can say a human couldn't do that. But I don't think you could ever just say a human wouldn't do that. Because you don't know the depths of depravity right. that people will go to. Yeah. Uh, the t- notorious blood-sucking cryptid was also blamed for a similar series of slayings in the neighboring, sil- in neighboring Chile, Chile last year. Remember that one uh, where the guy was like, ah, it's chupacabra, but it was clearly like an alligator or something? <laughs> no. We talked about it on the show. We talk about a lot of things. <laughs> True. <laughs> Can't remember every fucking episode. He was like, there were scaly feet or whatever. It's like, it was probably a reptile of some kind. This is one with the footprint? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Or like an iguana or something. <laughs> probably not something that doesn't exist. <laughs> Like, I think probably 10 times out of 10, it's not something that doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, it stands to reason. Yeah. I don't know why people don't use the same logic that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I think the question is how did they remove the, the organs? With a hot knife. How do they manage it? Like, did they. Well, if the cow didn't, like. Apparently, it didn't try to crawl or run away. It was like Shoot ether it or load up. <laughs> what movie was that? Where just the, combine it. Where the guy's trying to kill a cow and he's got like me, a, myself, and Irene. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just go into the light. <laughs> his fingers in his nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, so, I mean, they say it's chupacabra. Tony says no. I say it's... I say nay. I say it's chupa... Nabra. Nabra. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Shh, shh. It's oh so still. Are you fucking proud of yourself? <laughs> it's like I don't usually make jokes that are that stupid and that funny at the same time. <laughs> All right. Uh, a Quiet Place is a pair of movies. I still haven't seen the second one. Have you seen the second one? Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, just without that's, John Cruz's That's kind of what I gathered. Is it? Is it streaming now? Is it on anything? I mean, that's that where I, I watched it. Did you buy it or was it like on something? I don't remember. Oh, you know what? I think it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah. That's where I watched it. Okay, maybe I'll watch it then. Uh, well, we've talked before about how they're developing a spinoff film and they're looking to make a uh, expanded universe of A Quiet Place, which is an interesting idea. Did we uh, discuss how a spinoff in a movie like this is basically just the same movie with a different cast? Probably. Okay. Sounds like something we'd say. Because we see through the bullshit. Just yeah. like walk, fucking Walking Dead and, and Chupacabras. Right. 
Uh, originally, um, some fucking guy, Jeff Nichols, had been attached uh, to direct, but he dropped out. And uh, Michael Sarnowski is now stepping into the director's chair, who recently made the film Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, have you yeah, watched that yet? I haven't. I've heard it's really good. So have I. And like, I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but. Uh, Deadline notes that not much more is known about this project other than it is not being a threequel, but rather a spinoff based on an idea from John Krasinski, which already, we, we already knew that. Oh, it's threequel. Is that, is that a thing now? I think so. Oh, no. So what's four? I don't know. Or five or six. In a movie that we're going to be talking about later, they actually coined the, well, they didn't coin it. They used the phrase requel repeatedly over and over. We get it. (laughs) It's meta. We understand. Which my question, if it's a remake or a reboot and a sequel combined, what would be a remake or reboot and a prequel? Wouldn't that also be requel? You already used the quill. Prequel's not even a word either. <laughs> That's a made-up word. Uh, anyway, uh, the hope is this film would a set proper up a proper word would be prologue. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, the hope is this film would help set up a potential quiet place universe that the studio can build on for years to come. It is also known that, while not out of the question, Emily Blunt and Krasinski likely would not reprise their roles in this installment. I think they probably would in like a very small capacity. If it's a spinoff, right? Like you can't, you kind of got to introduce them, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, obviously, are they just going to go like the James Wan route, where it's like it's that one guy from it's the pizza <laughs> delivery boy from earlier. <laughs> He's got his own movie now. Well, I mean, as you are likely aware, the excuse me, um, Quiet Place Two had Emily Blunt and the kids for you know. The, the entirety of the movie. John Krasinski was actually in it. But in flashbacks, right? Yeah, I think the, the beginning of the movie opened up with a flashback to, you know, the, the year or two prior to when this all started. So he was in that um, up until the point where they, you know, basically went underground. And after that, then, you know, it jumps to the present and then he's no longer in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was uh, Killian Murphy. Cillian. Killian. Is it Killian? I'm pretty sure it's Killian. See, I thought it was Cillian. And I'm like, that's a weird name. And then I heard somebody say it was Killian. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. And then I could swear somebody said it was Cillian again. I'm like, but that's not even a name. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. I'm confused. Which is nothing new. Krasinski will produce alongside Michael Bay, Andrew Form, and Brad Fuller. Remember when Michael Bay was like the original Blumhouse? Yep. <laughs> I remember when we hated Michael Bay uh, FMB. so much. Yeah. All about FMB. Right. Now, we hate Blumhouse and James Wan way more because they are the ones who now slight us as horror fans. Blumhouse is also like, I, I don't know how many people will get this reference, but they're the fanatics of horror movies. You know how Fanatics is like a really shitty clothing brand that all of a sudden has the rights to every single sports league? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of Blumhouse. 
Well, it's because like they can market the shitty clothes uh, with these familiar brands um, and sell it and make lots of money. Because they cost nothing to because make. Because they cost nothing, nothing to make. Literally, all they have to do is take a logo and screen print it onto a t-shirt. And they can charge like $30 for it. Yeah. Because uh, it's officially licensed. Right. And they get to pull, the, like in NFL, they get to put the cool little NFL tag in the neck. The little holographic sticker they put on there. Right. Sometimes they put the wrong logo on there, and then they're still just like, well, whatever, you ordered it. Fuck it. <laughs> Like, I've seen ones with, like, it'll be, like, this is not specific, but just an example. to have, like, a Detroit Red Wings logo and say, like, Tampa Bay Lightning or something. Oh, and people are like, hey, what's up with this? And Fanatic's customer support is like, please DM us. Yeah. And then they're, they're never heard from again. Right. Because people go and DM them. And then maybe they hear a response. But you know what? All that drama is not carried out on their Facebook page. Right. I'd love to do that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know what? No, I want to handle this right here. Yeah. You, you guys should go follow Fanatic Sucks on Twitter. <laughs> it's literally just somebody who calls out every time Fanatics does something like that. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, it's expected that the Abbott family storyline will eventually become a trilogy, with Krasinski recently teasing that he has had ideas for the third film in the main series. Uh-huh. Uh, this movie has been moved. I've, I've seen people saying that it was moved because of COVID, but I'm wondering if maybe it got moved because they didn't have a director until now. Could uh, be. But it's set for a release of September 22nd, 2023. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, Quiet Place 2 was, was fine. Like, I really liked A Quiet Place, but I wasn't, Dying for a sequel. No, see, like the novel. I'm definitely not dying for more. Yeah. See, the thing about A Quiet Place was it was something clever and new. Um, but it's like, you know, that that's what gave it its um charm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um but to make a sequel, you're basically just rehashing the same plot and it's like there's nothing really new especially if you got the same characters um i don't know i mean there, there's there's movement in the story to be sure but as far as like surprises there's, there's really nothing it's, it's pretty much just the same stuff yeah so to make a third one not only not only a third one but also a spinoff which I don't understand. I wish you guys could have seen the little move that Tony just <laughs> did with his hand. It's a gesture. Um, it's a, it's the international sign of spinoff. Right. Because it's spinning. It's the, the international sign of the donut. <laughs> I guess I, 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 I don't understand the concept of a spinoff and how, and how you can not call it a sequel. Because it doesn't directly follow the ones before it. I don't like that. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I, I just think most of the time movies that like have a non-linear sequel, for lack of a better word, or spinoff, I guess, um, they just they never work. I can't think of a successful franchise that was just like, here's the 
the line that people like, let's veer off this way and do something different. And it's like, it's the same, but it's different. And people are like, who cares? Mm. But I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you hit the first thing you do when you get up out of bed is hit that streets are running and try to beat the masses. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so, oh, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the genre of giallo films, um, of course, dating back, God, probably as far as the 60s, <clears throat> maybe further, I don't know. Depends on what you consider giallo, I guess. Um, but, you know, one name comes out probably more, mostly, in most, pe- most people's opinion, I think one name rises above the rest as far as like notoriety in, in the giallo genre. And that is one Dario Argento. Um, and guess what, guys? He's coming back. He's coming back to direct a new giallo film uh, titled Dark Glasses. Uh, the, or I guess he's, he's already done it. My mistake. Um, he did it. It's done. It's over. <laughs> he done did it. End of story. Because you know what? You know I know? Because it had this world premiere already. <laughs> At the 72nd Berlin International Film Festival, or BIF. It, it's going to have its world premiere. It's, it's Fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you don't read ahead, guys. <laughs> You look like a complete asshole. But it's done. The movie's done. He's not still filming it. Like, fuck, we got a month. Um, we got to get this shit in the can. Uh, um, yes. So the Berlin International Film Festival, Festival running from February 10th through the 20th. Oh, I think they're cool. 10 days. Whatever. Ours, we can get ours done in four hours. Suck it. Big fucking Suck it, deal. Biff. <laughs> um, you looking at butthead. <laughs> There's a there's a hockey player named Tom Wilson. I guess he's like a complete piece of shit. Everybody hates him. But like every time my friend mentions Tom Wilson, I'm like, the guy who played Biff? <laughs> and I think he thought it was funny at first. And now he's just like, yeah, Taylor, the guy who fucking played Biff. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you mean you you beat a joke into the ground? Yeah, like a quiet place. <laughs> um uh, Elenia, or yeah, that seems right. Elenia Pastorelli, uh, stars as a prostitute. That sounds about right. <laughs> sounds very Argento. Yeah. Uh, bl- blinded by a serial killer. Yep, this sounds pretty par for the course. <laughs> In a botched attack, sounds like a pretty successful attack, if you ask me. Uh, who takes in a young Chinese? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> A prostitute blinded by a serial killer in a botched attack who takes in a chi- young Chinese boy whose life has also been abruptly altered forever by the maniac's actions. He'll oh, be- you got attacked by the Sin City Slasher? I got attacked by the Sin City Slasher. We should be friends. <laughs> Let's hang out. Want to come live with me, little boy? <laughs> little Chinese boy. <laughs> I'm just a hooker. Okay. <laughs> I earn an honest day's wage as a hooker. Or an honest night. Uh, hey. Um, uh, lost my place. 
He oh. will become her ally in a terrifying struggle to see off the serial killer forever. Right. Pastorelli is joined in the cast by big screen debutante Andrea Zhang as the young... What? As the young boy, huh? All right. Well, as well as Asia Argento, who, of course, is Dario's daughter, uh, and... Ru- From Land of the Dead. And others. Um, in the supporting role. Uh, set against the backdrop of Rome, of course, and its surrounding countryside, it brings together the contrasting worlds of a high-class prostitute working in the chic hotels around Rome's Via Veneto and a young boy hailing from the city's Chinese community. Is there a Chinese community in Rome? I wouldn't have guessed. I don't know. Well, it seems like most major cities have a Chinese community. There's a, a Chinatown, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yep, that sounds very Argento. That's the whole thing. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. <laughs> I don't totally understand it, but uh, God damn it, I'll support his right to do it. So just a, a, a blind hooker adopts a young Chinese boy. Who is who is also attacked. In it. Or it says, oh, it says his life has also been abruptly altered. It doesn't say he was attacked. I'm guessing he killed his parents. Mm, mm-hmm. That's my guess. I'm guessing this the serial killer attacked this young boy's parents. He's an orphan, and that's why the hooker takes him in. The young boy? The young boy. Apparently, his name is Chin. Mm-hmm. Very Chinese sounding. <laughs> Dark glasses probably implies the sunglasses that she is likely wearing as a blind lady. Go and get yourself some dark sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I'm very, although, okay, so Andrea is a fairly popular Italian name for men, or for males. So is he Chinese-Italian? I guess. I, mean, I, I can't find a picture, so. Right, yeah, he doesn't have a picture on IMDb. I mean, I can look up Andrea Zeng, but. This is his first credit, so it's not like he's. Yeah. Gonna have a picture from something else he was in. He's just a young boy. A young boy who plays tiddlywinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. There's a little guy. Is this this is from yeah. Dark Glasses? Alright. She is putting on a bra because she's a prostitute. In her dark glasses. <laughs> the titular dark glasses. She's probably taking it off. Black glasses. Was it black? Is it black or dark? Fuck if I know. What is it? What is IMDb it? says black. Well, Screen Daily says dark. Motherfucker. Um, yeah, I mean the the Italian title title is Occhiali Neri, which is black glasses. So I mean that's a direct translation, maybe. The U.S. title is Dark Glasses. Maybe. That could be. <laughs> I don't know why they change it, but whatever. I don't know. Also stars Maria Rosaria Russo, Guglielmo Favilla, Cristiano Simone Ian- Iannone, and Fabrizio Eluteri. All your favorites. <laughs> it's a who's who is what it is. More like a who? <laughs> 
Huh? Who's who? So look look for that. Look for that, Berlin. If you're going to the Biff, you know where to find it. You know where we're going? Nowhere near Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) A little road trip reference for you. Yep. Nope. Euro trip. Yes. (laughs) That is correct. So, Tony, who is the last person you would cast to play or to be in a, in a horror movie? A horror thriller, let's say. Gilbert Gottfried. Hmm. Not bad. <laughs> I wouldn't cast him in um, most things. Yeah. He doesn't really get cast much in anything anymore. Uh, it's probably because he's so old and offensive now. Yeah, the whole his little tsunami joke didn't go over well. No, it did not. Uh, well, what about Pete Davidson? Hmm. No, sir. Don't <laughs> like it. Well, have I got good news for you? <laughs> Pete Davidson is being cast to lead the horror thriller "The Home" from James DeMonaco, director of the Purge movies. Oh well, that fits all of them. Uh, this will be Monaco's first horror film outside of the Purge series. Davidson will portray a troubled man named Max who starts working at a retirement home and realizes its residents and caretakers harbor sinister secrets. Kind of sounds like uh, that movie we just watched not too long ago. Yeah, uh, that one. The Manor? Yep. That's yeah. The one. Blumhouse film. Yep. So, you know, see how they're really stepping outside their comfort zone. Is, I, I don't know if this is for Blumhouse. Look that up. Uh, as he investigates the building and its forbidden fourth floor, he starts to uncover connections to his own past and upbringing as a foster child. The film will be written and produced by Monaco and Adam Kento. And Kento. Have you watched Encanto? Or Encanto? Uh, nope. Don't really care. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty good. It's all right. I'm, uh, everyone's obsessed with that one song. It's like, we don't talk about Bruno. I keep seeing references to that and I've never heard the song and I'm just like, okay. Bruno is played by John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's a real bastard, huh? Yeah, he's bugging. <laughs> in a house? Is he in the house of bugging? He actually lives in the walls of the house. Oh. So the whole Sorry, house is the house. spoiler alert. <laughs> so he is the house of bugging. He lives within the house of bugging. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember if that show is actually any good, but I watched it all the time. It didn't last very long, so I'm guessing not. <laughs> well, people are fickle. They don't know. What'd you find? I'm still reading. Um, Couldn't you just go to IMDb? Does it say? Usually, have they have production studios on there, don't they? I don't know. I never look for them. Well, you are just fucking up. Yeah, that's me. Um, well, I mean, one movie that's not Miramax. Fucking Miramax. (laughs) Uh, Davidson will also be starring in A24's upcoming slasher, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. How in the hell 
Did they find a horror star in Pete Davidson? I and mean, we don't know if they have yet. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly somebody like two separate groups of people have put their faith faith in him. I mean, he Did you see King of Staten Island? No. It's okay. I mean, it's 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 a pretty good movie. Yeah. But like he's not a strong actor. No, like I'm thinking about him on SNL and he's like he like he I Fallon's it? Yes. I like I like him. I think he's funny, but he's always smiling yeah. in the skits. Yeah, I mean, like they usually find a way to work around it, but it's like in a horror movie, you can't be doing that. Right. Yeah, all I see is Mirror Max, and I don't see anything. Many mentions the Blumhouse. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I know that there's been this like wave recently of trying to get co- uh, comedy stars into horror. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But Pete Davidson, I I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong, but I don't see it. I mean, apparently, like uh, like Kevin James, who I can't fucking stand. Hey, he did that movie with uh, who was the girl in that? I don't know. But he played like a home invader, right? I think he was like if a serial about, killer. We're talking about the same movie. I, I haven't actually seen it, but I believe he plays like a serial killer, and he's got like a shaved head and a beard and something. I mean, kind of looks like me, but <laughs> but he's Kevin James. Um, but uh, apparently, it was really good. Yeah, no, I heard that too. I never would have uh, picked uh, Paul Blart to be a, a, a dramatic actor, let alone like a you know a psychological thriller actor. But yeah. Anyway, so maybe I'm wrong about Pete Davidson, but I mean, all I can think of is the the skit with him and Mulaney, where he was doing uh, Davidson was doing Chad. Have you seen his Chad character? No, I, I don't watch a lot of SNL. So. No, he, he's like he's this stoner guy who just like he's just so passe about everything. So there's a skit where Mulaney was playing like a uh, ghost face kind of. I think he actually had a ghost face mask, and he's like, "I killed your whole family." And Chad's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> that that that's pretty much Chad's whole thing. Is he's always just like, "Oh, all right, oh, tight, all right." <laughs> it's probably his funniest recurring bit. I didn't speak very highly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm probably not doing it justice, but it's. it's I mean, funny. yeah, maybe it's funny. I haven't seen it, but maybe it's funny. But if that, if that's like the funniest thing he's got going on, that's like not great. <laughs> he's got to be funnier. <laughs> I know it's strange, but my brain's gone really insane, and I'm off the chain, sipping on a fifth for the golden grain. I feel like slapping somebody today. All right, so Shudder, who they're kind of like becoming like how Netflix used to be. Well, Netflix is mostly still doing this, I guess. But they're they're moving in the same way that Netflix has, where they're taking in fewer licensed properties and making a lot of original films, or mm. at least buying them. Uh, Shudder's putting out a new original film. Speaking of Shudder, since I know you guys are listening, make a resume playing option. 
Yeah, we were talking about God damn it. We were talking about that. Yeah, like on the app, I presume because you have it on your TV too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I I suspect is more similar to like a phone app than it is to you know like where I use it mostly through Amazon. Because you're saying there's no resume play button or option to resume play. Like, you know, if you watch something on the shut, actually, I guess it's the AMC Plus channel now because they incorporated everything. But if you watch it through Amazon, you can do that because that's native to Amazon and how their player works. Mm -hmm. But yeah, same thing. If I watch something through, like if I stream it to my TV for my phone, yeah, there's no way for me to resume play from where I left off. Yeah. It just starts away right from the beginning. Or I got to go find it. What do you mean? Like, when I, like uh, the movie we're going to talk about later, uh, the last thing Mary saw, I started it last night, and so then when I wanted to watch it today, I had to go find it and hit resume. Oh, like it wasn't like you recently played. Right. Or, yeah. Well, well, all apps do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. Like when I was watching Holliston on Shudder, every time I had to go into series and find Holliston, there's no just resume playing. Yeah. Like on Netflix, you know, when you're just scrolling through the the main page, there's a little thing that says resume playing, and there's everything that you've been watching that you haven't finished. Not everything, though, and and Netflix is the worst about this, is like a lot of times, it's like, okay, I've been watching this show for three days, but for some reason, it's not in my recently watched. Oh, really? I've never had that problem. Yeah. I mean, I've had it all. All of them do it. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, um, I think Amazon's done it a few times. Oh, weird. I've never had that problem. Um, yeah, I, I have to assume it's just some fuck up in, the, in their algorithms or, or whatever, but. Yeah, some kind of caching problem or something. It's like, God damn it, now I have to go through this fucking letter by letter search again. <sighs> um, anyway, so, yeah, uh, Shudder is putting out a new original movie. Um, it's a monster film titled Slapface. <laughs> so I watched the trailer for this and like it. it it's like you hear slap face and you're like, oh, this is a, a comedy, right? Like this is going to be some kind of slapstick goofy thing. Like Psycho Gorman or something. Yeah, but it's not. It's 100% straight laced. And then they're like slap face. You're like, what? <laughs> this movie's called slap face? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, title has uh, not affected it apparently because it has won best audience award and best horror thriller sci-fi at Cinequest. So, there you go. Uh, it's written and directed by Jeremiah Kipp uh, from Black Wake, 60, 60 Seconds to Die. Uh, oh, six. That was the uh, Aeriscope one, right? Yeah, really short-lived. What ran for like two seasons. Yeah. Uh, I guess the 60 Seconds to Die episode, th- episode monster, uh, The Sadist and The Pod. Um, the only one of those I know is 60 Seconds to Die. Yeah. Uh, this It's based on his short film of the same title. Uh, after the death of his mother, Lucas, a loner who, is a, who lives in a rundown home with his brother Tom, sounding a little like Antler so far, uh, re- regularly seeks solace in the nearby woods, with his only friends being a group of female friends. boys. What are you two friends up to tonight? <laughs> Uh, with his only friends being a group of female bullies, he keeps to himself most of the time. Uh, but after a strange encounter with an inhuman monster, 
Lucas begins to withdraw from others. When the two reach a tentative trust, a bizarre friendship is born, and Lucas is swept up in a series of primal adventures. This sounds very familiar. Where the wild things are? That's kind of what I'm getting, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, The film stars August Maturo, uh, Mike Manning, Dan Hedaya. Is he still alive? Who is that? Uh, he's the dad from Night of the Roxbury. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's still alive. 81 years old. God damn. Uh, Mirabelle Lee, Lucas Hassel, Lee Barrow. Barrow, Barrow. That's what you go to is Night at the Roxbury? <laughs> just what popped into my head. Not Adam's Family? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it wasn't that. I like Night of the Roxbury. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Bianca de Ambrosio, uh, Chiara de Ambrosio. Um, no relation. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> uh, are they twins? They're I'm, they're both in the Bay, and I am mortal. Right. I got it. You keep talking. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's uh, premiering uh, on Shutter on February third. So come up here in a, in a couple weeks. They are twins, and twins. <laughs> they hot. They hot. Uh, hot twins. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like little girls. Yeah, I think they're children. <laughs> Never mind. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> Two thousand five. What? Wait. What year were they born? Two thousand five. Seventeen. Okay. Seventeen. So no, they're not hot at all. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Completely unattractive to me. They are children, and that is all. (laughs) (laughs) But next year. I can't, I, can't even I can't even complete that joke. <laughs> I remember uh, before the Olsen, you probably remember this too, before the Olsen's twins were 18, there was a countdown website. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a countdown for Millie Bobby Brown, which she's still not 18, isn't she? Uh, there was one for Emma, Emma Watson. There was one. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, people are fucking weird. People are fucking gross. Especially men. Men are fucking gross. Dude, I remember... Oh, he's looking at feet. (laughs) (laughs) Sniffing panties. I I remember when, uh... Hayden Pantier was a little girl. And it may have been Remember the Titans, or it may have been something she did after that. I don't don't remember. Uh, but I'm like, that... It's a really pretty little girl. Like, she's probably going to be very attractive when she's older. And, like, I would tell people that. I mean, I wouldn't just broadcast it, but I'd say that to somebody. Plus like, on your fucking Facebook. <laughs> but people were like, you're gross. I'm like, what? I'm not saying I've got the hots for it. <laughs> it's like, she's pretty. She's a pretty girl. She's probably going to be a pretty adult, too. 
Uh, anyway, so. Anyway, you're gross. <laughs> Slap face. <laughs> I need to know more about the name. Like, why is it called slap face? Maybe it's like a game that they play. It's just like they slap each other in the face. <laughs> this is a hell of a game. <laughs> yep. Have you ever watched those like slapping competitions? It's <laughs> so <laughs> like the fact that they're real and people take it seriously is just like my favorite part is that there's always one guy who thinks that he's so fucking tough right. and he just gets knocked the fuck out <laughs> by some giant Russian dude uh, there was this thing that a lot of people I never so it's like the dude that got knocked out by the twisted tea can like, there's always that guy in one of these slapping competitions. The twist, what? You have not seen this video? I don't think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's this white guy, this skinny white guy who's clearly drunk off his ass at, like, a convenience store. That's the guy, how it always starts. The guy behind him is holding this twisted tea can. And he's just, like, dropping the N-word like crazy. And he's like, I'm from here, N-word. This, this, this. And the, the guy behind him is black. Mm. And he, like, looks at the can. And the guy's like, you want to hit me? Fucking hit me. And so the guy just goes, wham! And the can just explodes, and it's awesome. The best is the guy behind the white guy just, like, takes a step back. <laughs> He's like, I'm not catching him. <laughs> it's great. You got, you got to watch it after this. It's one of the best videos I've ever seen. Okay. I just know in high school, there were two things that, that went on. One is one I did where we'd hold hands like this, rock, paper, scissors. Frolic. What? And frolic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, you know, you kind of like lock fingers like this. You play rock, paper, scissors. Whoever won, you just bam, like right on the back of the other guy's mm-hmm. hand. And then whoever, you know, pussied out first is. Sure. We did this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one. Which <laughs> I know that worked well for podcast. Where you play, put, you put your hands out and the other person puts their hands on top of yours face down. And then you just you try and. You see if they can react fast enough to pull their hand away and just try and slap the top of their hand. Hot hands, I think. Uh, I never had, knew it had a name. Oh, well, I, I believe it's called hot hands. Uh, but the other more extreme version that some people would play, like in the hallways at school, was they'd do rock, paper, scissors, and then just smack each other in the face. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if this was related or if it was just another smacking incident, but my, my buddy... Who, who you know, uh, he, I don't know if he got dared or if he paid for it. I feel like he got, he paid to slap this guy in the face, but he got like a fucking running start and just like jumped up and like came down on this guy's <laughs> face. The guy's fucking side of his head was beat red and I think he popped his eardrum. Jesus. <laughs> Because he caught his ear. <laughs> like a, something out of a fucking martial arts movie. Anyway. Slap it. All right, so finally, uh, Hulu. Hulu. Uh, 
for Halloween. I think they started it two years ago and they did it again last year. Uh, they had a series called Bite Size Halloween, which is just little little shorts that they did for Halloween. Some of them were good. Some of them were pretty dumb. I don't think I watched any of them. Really? I don't think I watched all of them, but uh, they turns out they are going to turn them all into feature-length horror movies. That's ambitious. Uh, the partnership between 20th Digital Studio and Hulu is set to include nine horror movies over the next few years. The, the partnership. Are they owned by the... <laughs> Disney owns Hulu. There's no partnership. <laughs> um, the films will expand directly on the shorts from the Bite Size Halloween collection featuring previous writers or directors or inspired by past shorts. The films deal with topical social issues such as mental health, ecological collapse, reproductive rights, interracial adoption, and online hysteria. What's interesting was, I think the 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 candy bite-sized horrors, that were like little commercials, were better than these. <laughs> I think it was like M&M's did them or something. I, I remember those being a thing, but I don't really remember much about them. Yeah. Uh, up first is one called Appendage by writer-director Anna Zlaklo- is that an L? Zlaklovich? Yep. And starring Rachel Sinat and Eric Roberts. Pound the stone. Uh, apparently the film, the short, is now playing at Sundance? All right. Uh, we'll expand to a Hulu original feature film with 20th Digital Studios as part of the nine-film slate. Uh, appendage is the story of a young fashion designer whose anxiety physically manifests as Eric Roberts. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> the film opened season two of the 20th digital studios by its size Halloween. So I was right. There was two, um, uh, film short film series that ranges from horror comedy to psychological thrillers and everything in between. Zlokovich has signed to write and direct the feature film version and casting is underway. Not going to bring back Eric Roberts. How can you not bring Eric Roberts back? He's essential to every film he's in. Yeah, and he'll bring mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on the slate is Grim Cuddy, written and directed by John William Ross, about a teen tech horror, or sorry, it is a teen tech horror thriller, shot outside Los Angeles in fall 2021 and now in post-production. So is this coming first? They made it sound like Appendage was the first one, but this, if this is already in post, then... Uh, the film stars Shannon Sossaman, Usman Ali, or Ally, uh, Alona, Alona Tall, and newcomer Sarah Wolfkind. Don't know what that one's about other than that it's a teen tech horror thriller. A Worm Eater, a rural British family trauma body horror. A rural British family trauma body horror. That's a lot of stuff. From Writer-director Ben Steiner. Uh, recently completed filming in the UK with stars Kate Dickey from Game of Thrones. Mr. Steiner. Yep. Hot fuzz. That's Mr. Skinner. Is it Skinner? Yeah. Idiot. Fuck me. God damn it. Do you know Rick Steiner's kid is the NXT champion now? I did not. You know what his name is? John, John Snyder. <laughs> John Schneider. <laughs> his name is Braun Breaker. It's a terrible name. Stupid fucking name. <laughs> Oh, yeah, shitty, like, action figure. And and why would you not call him Steiner? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like it's not WWE. Right. They own it. Uh, and Jemima Ruper. The film is a thematic successor to Steiner's 2018 20th Digital Short. 
Urn. So thematic successor to Urn. I don't know what that means. Worm Eater. Just so it's not a sequel, but a themat- thematic successor. I interpret that as his next movie. <laughs> I don't. So know. Why are you gonna buy these fucking five dollar words, huh? Yeah, really. Like, is is Hot Fuzz a thematic successor to Shaun of the Dead? Is that what a thematic successor is? I don't fucking know. Ah, I don't like these fucking. I hate how fucking fake Hollywood is. <laughs> the hug. So, like- I was watching uh, all the screams because I realized I hadn't seen any of them in a really long time. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen four. I've never seen four, and I still haven't because <laughs> I only made it halfway through three before I fell asleep and then just couldn't get through four. Right on. <laughs> uh, the hug will expand on the story of the animatronic Pandery at the or Pandery the Panda who terrorized children in his pizza palace in a viral 2018 short film. How many times do we need this fucking like we Five Nights at Freddy's, Willy's Wonderland, and now The Hug? How many times do we need this fucking story? It's a hot market. Is it? I don't know, maybe. For animatronic animals at pizza places? Uh the original creators writing directing team Jack and Justin have signed on. Bishop and Nim, respectively. Uh, Clock by writer-director Alexis Jacknow, and inspired by the Bite Size Halloween 2020 short of the same title, will follow a woman's desperate attempts to fix her broken biological clock. How is it broken? I gotta tell you, none of these sound very good. Not particularly. Uh, Additional scripts are currently in development and will be announced at a later date. Man, this is going to be rough. (laughs) I mean, there are several who, like, like, don't know what the fuck they're even about. Other, like, a rural British family trauma body horror. What What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do, do these particular body horror things only happen to rural rural British families? Or maybe just just one British family that's going through trauma. Maybe. The trauma gives them body horror. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm so sad. Now I have boils. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Like, honestly, as much as I talk shit about it, the only one of these that I think would remotely interest me is the hug. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, but like you said, yeah, some of these, like Grim Cuddy, is all we know is that it's a uh, teen tech horror thriller. Yeah, and and, and what, Worm Eater. Oh, that's that's the body trauma one. And teen tech horror thriller. What does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. It's texting. Yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> what is teen tech? Is well, that? it's like they're they're. They reference that as if it's like a like a subgenre or something. <laughs> it's like I mean, what is it like um, like unfriended? Maybe is that a teen tech horror? I guess, I think we're focusing on teen tech when it's supposed to be teen tech horror. Wait, what? At least I I was focusing on teen tech, and I was like, what exactly is teen tech when it's a teen tech horror movie? 
I just figured it was a tech horror movie for teens. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I was focusing more on teen tech, like tech that only teens use. Like fucking Tinder. Fucking Facebook. Fucking Facebook, likely. <laughs> I mean, the the good news about this is they'll probably all be free on Hulu, so. Yeah, I mean, you have to, don't cost nothing. Yeah, it doesn't mean we'll watch them. All the Blumhouse, whatever, uh, Into the Dark movies were free on Hulu, too. Didn't watch any of those. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't watch Grim Cuddy because I can't fucking stand Shana so- Shannon Sossaman. Who is that? I see she was on Wayward Pines and Sleepy Hollow. I'm having a hard time remembering her in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, her. Yeah. Yeah, her. Okay. Well, anyways, if you're uh, if you're into that kind of thing, they're going to be on Hulu, so... Check it out. That's it. That's it for horror business. We made it. Hey. And it took us well, a little over an hour. Not too bad. Not so bad. All right, guys. Um, so from here, guess what we're going to do? What are we going to do, Tony? Tell them. Tell them. Let them know. M- move your reviews. Say it, say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your whole chest. We're going to talk about some... Oh, I screwed that up. <laughs> there was a fucking voice. We're doing movie reviews. <laughs> okay, guys. So we've got two films. Uh, both fairly new. Neither one has anything to do with the other. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, which I, mean, we, I feel like we <clears throat> say that a lot, but it's like we shouldn't really need to because I don't know, somewhere, somewhere along the way, our theme episodes expanded from ex- Octoberama into the rest of the show. Yeah. And so now it's just like every once in a while. Well, more often than previously, we do theme episodes. But not every time. Not every time. Like this time. I, I thought about doing the the first Scream, mm-hmm. but with this being a sequel, or a requel, I guess, it didn't make much sense to do one in five. If this was like a straight reboot, then I probably would have done the original. We could have done a comparing and trusting with Candyman, but... I mean, this... Although Candyman was kind of a sequel. Anyways. Yeah. But the same thing is like Candyman, Halloween, um, and this, the the new Scream, all seem to be sequels. Not necessarily, well. Is this retconning the sequels? No, no, no. Sorry. I I guess I should back up and correct myself. This one seems to most closely follow the events of the first movie, while the second, third, and fourth movies are all still canon. It seems like it mostly reflects on things that happened in the first movie. And like the rest of the movies are just kind of in the background. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, but we've got, we've got the new scream and we've got the shutter original. The last thing that Mary saw, which one are you going to start with Taylor? Uh, let's start with the last thing Mary saw. Speak freely. It's Mary. Daughter's ears are deaf to the Lord's preachings. She continues to engage in 
acts with the housemaid. Correction is needed. Mary. Knees and prayers. I'm tired of a life spent hiding. Fear and weakness keep us here. What troubles you? I fear sinful affection could bring death upon this family. recite the Lord's Prayer for us. Christ, fortify your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, fear, affection, and weakness. Keep us here. Our fate rests on this. Destroy the works of the devil. Such a not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Okay, so uh, like Tony said, Shutter Original. Uh, this takes place in New York, uh, South Southhold. I think it was the name of the town. Never heard of it. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a real place. But uh, in 1843, this uh, it it says they're English, but they sound very Irish to me. That's what I picked up on. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there are so many different English accents. It's like it's hard to keep up with them all, unless you live there, I guess. Yeah, but this uh, family out on out on a farm, a farm. Uh, actually, well, I guess the movie starts off with Mary, the titular Mary, uh, and she. We see her blindfolded. There's blood dripping under the blindfold, so clearly she's been injured in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, She's a prostitute that was killed by, or that was attacked by a serial killer who, <laughs> no, wait, different movie. Um, uh, she's, she's being um, interviewed or questioned by the, the local constable and they like, you know, he's got two armed gunmen at either side and he has them point their rifles at her and tells her to recite the Lord's prayer because apparently they're concerned that she's possessed yeah and so when she successfully does it then the two armed gunmen kind of lower their rifles and leave and the constable starts asking her all these questions uh and then we we flash back to however long ago i guess it doesn't really specify how long ago this was but couldn't have been too long in the very recent past yeah Uh, we see mary's home life and we find out that mary is uh committing the earthly sin of uh, uh they have they have a word for it but i don't remember what they say but lesbian <laughs> yep <laughs> that's the word i couldn't remember uh she's in lesbians with <laughs> with with the maid uh played by the girl from the orphanage uh, isabel Furman. Furman. you gotta you gotta hit that h hard <laughs> Uh, what's, what's the maid's name? Uh, what the hell is her name? 
They, most people just call her the maid. They don't even like to say Eleanor. Eleanor, that's right. Eleanor. Eleanor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they're they're in love, and but they, you know, obviously, this being 1843, this is a big no-no, and Mary's family is very, very religious, uh, as you know, most people were at the time, and so they have to hide their love. They don't do a very good job of it. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, the whole family seems to know pretty much right off the bat what's going on. Yeah, they like go out to the shit. <laughs> or it's a chicken coop, I guess. Yeah. To make to make love. Hot, sweaty love. <laughs> make make googly eyes at each other. Actually, do they even We see them kiss. That's all we we ever see. Yeah. I mean for being and a, and a tender embrace. For being what I suppose is a very empowering film. Is it? I don't know. I mean, it it, it uh, speaks very much of the evils of being prejudiced. Yeah. Uh, for being that way, the the relationship between Mary and Eleanor seems very muted. M- yeah, restrained. I guess. Yeah. Basically, what Tony's saying is he wanted more HLA. <laughs> Uh, um, accurate no (laughs) kidding kidding i'm not i mean we we kind of find out what the the family is capable of by the the guard that guards their their gate guard We find out that he tried to escape once and the dad like chased him down and broke his leg with a rock. And he shows off his leg at one time and it's still just all like disgusting. And he's walking with a cane now. Mm-hmm. So at, at one point, Mary and Ellen are talking about running away and he's just like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You see what happens. <laughs> He'll fuck you up. So they pay this guard in bread, in daily bread. To let them use the chicken coop at night. That's what they're talking about in the prayer. Yeah. Daily bread. <laughs> we, we give this day our daily bread to the guard to let us fuck in the chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part. They, they cut that out later. Right. They wanted to make it a little more ambiguous. Like, that's too specific. <laughs> what if we just take out the chicken coop? What if we take out the fucking completely? Like... <laughs> But if they would have left, let it in, or left it in, then people would have understood <laughs> that being gay was okay, and that's why Christians don't like them, because they took that out. Right. It's all just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> but, so, they, yeah, they pay off the guard... To you know, kind of keep watch while they go in the chicken coop and bang, 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 bang. But one day, uh, the the young boy of the family, Matthew, he he gets all pervy and he's like, "I'm gonna go watch." And so then you know he goes and <laughs> watch some of their hot fuck <laughs> Watch a little girl on girl, all right. And then he goes and tells his family. And so they, like I said, they already knew this was going on because we see they make Mary and Eleanor like kneel on rice 
which was a, a popular punishment at the time, <laughs> apparently. Um, which yeah, rice, I think gravel, you know, small, small rocks. <laughs> right. Which I don't know if you guys have ever knelt on rice. I've, I never have, but it doesn't seem pleasant. It's probably not so bad at first. Yeah. But then it, it wears on you. Yeah. Uh, apparently they were making them do it for like days at a time. Right. Um, but yeah, so finally the, the guardsman, uh, Theodore is his name. He gives him a little poison milk dud. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. <laughs> he gives him a little poison milk dud and he's like, you know, don't, don't eat it. <laughs> I know you want to, but you say, don't do it. I don't know if they, like, did they know what it was? Because if they knew what it was, I don't feel like he would have to tell them, don't eat it. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But they use it to kill the chicken, which I was like, why? Why kill the chicken? <laughs> was this just a test? I don't know. The chicken just had to die. <laughs> um, Chicken's got to die so trees can grow. <laughs> Oh, we're never going to get through this episode. Um, nothing happened in this movie, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they Then they take another one of the, the poison milk duds, and they put it in the matriarch's tea, because apparently she's the one that's really... Or no, they like enlist the matriarch, and they're like, hey, you need to help us like ungay our daughter. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, probably a little conversion therapy metaphor in there somewhere. Right. Um. And yeah, so the matriarch, you know, makes them say different parts of scripture while kneeling on rice and other different kind of punishments. So they poison her and then, you know, come to find out that's why she was being questioned by the constable at the beginning was over the death of this matriarch who is, um, it's, it's the old lady from dead silence. Yeah. To us. <clears throat> it's true. Huh? It's true. I saw it with my own eyes. It was her. <clears throat> Unfortunately, because that movie sucked. She was also in Orange is the New Black. She was one of the old the old broads. Yeah, she's well she's just she's an old lady, so she she played a lot of old ladies. Yeah, she plays just old lady in <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> um Yeah this movie, calling this movie a horror is uh I mean, most of it is not, but there are like, there's just these weird supernatural elements that kind of don't really fit the rest of the movie. Yeah. I texted you about mm, a little better than, or sorry, a little less than halfway through the movie. I'm like, I guess I assumed you'd watched it already. Had you? I was watching it when you texted me. Oh, okay. So we're probably watching it at the same time. Um, and I was like, is this, is this actually horror? Does anything happen? And, and it's like, about, I don't know, 15 minutes later, the first thing that I would classify as horror happened. I'm like, okay, now we're starting to move in the right direction. And then that was pretty much it. It was when they find him in the coop, right? What? When they find the girls in the coop and the, the matriarch is like making Eleanor hover. Yeah. I was, was like, fun. whoa, okay, yeah. Like, is she a witch or something? And then she like stabs her in the throat so she can't talk anymore. She like severs her windpipe. Yeah. 
And then uh, that's kind of the end of that. It just, that scene just ends. And so you're just like, what's going on with the matriarch? Like, what's her deal? Yeah, is she a witch? happened, right? Is she, yeah, does she have superpowers or? Um, and they, they never explain, like ever, throughout the whole movie, they never explain why the, the grandmother, the matriarch, is able to do that. Yeah. Or any of the other supernatural things she does. Uh, and all, of course, all this started because the, the father brought a book into the the home. Because, you know, that's... God forbid. That's how things happen is from books. That's where lesbians come from. <laughs> books. From women reading. I don't know why we ever let them start reading. You don't believe me? Read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you all about it. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I could I could spoil this if you want. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. All right. So, spoilers ahead. There's your warning. Uh, so the matriarch dies, dies, dies. <laughs> and so they, while they're holding a funeral for her, Rory Culkin shows up. Was that Rory? Yeah. Why did I think it was Karen? Wait, was it? I don't know. They all look the same. It wasn't Mac. I know that. That's that's all I know is it wasn't Mac. I know Macaulay Culkin when I see him. Yeah, it was Rory. Okay. Um, I don't fucking know the difference. It could be the same person. That's all I know. <laughs> Rory is short for Kieran. Naturally. <laughs> he shows up with his face all burnt up. And he just like tells this dumb story about how he was born with a burnt face. He was born with like a birth defect, and so then another doctor tried to burn it off with a candle and burned his face, so he killed the doctor. It was a port wine stain. It's like um Gorbachev? Yeah. It's just big ass fucking red mark on his face. Yeah. Oh no, he didn't sorry, he didn't kill the doctor. The doctor tried to burn his face off, and so he killed his mother. And then he let the doctor live because the doctor gave him some money. That's how it goes. And so then basically he told Eleanor, he was like, I have something you want. He had this bag, which I think was more poison, right? Yeah. I assume that was in the bag. Uh, and he was like, you have to give me something I want. And so, you know, of course he fingers her. Cause that's, uh, I mean, uh, you know, again, kinks, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's what gets you off. No, Tony, no, not in this case. Cause it was not consensual. <laughs> well, right. But it's like, no, you know what? I'm not going to go there. <laughs> This is just leading about down a bad road. So what does Eleanor do? She, of course, cuts his finger off. And he's like, why do you do that? <laughs> Ow, he's uh, like, he seemed so appalled by it. He was just like, why would you do that? Yeah. And it's like, dude, you just fingered her against her will. Like, why wouldn't she do that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was the actual finger, but if it was, then it's poetic. Yeah. Or something. And all this is going down at the matriarch's funeral. Right. Where they've all taken a vow of silence for the day. Yeah. So nobody's talking. Which is kind of a theme. Yeah. An annoying theme. Yeah. And it's a theme that just gets blown to hell when... Uh, uh, so um, the intruder, I think, is all he's, he's billed as. Rory Culkin's character. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he gives them the poison. They, they poison everybody's tea except for Matthew, the young boy, which he was a fucking narc. Fuck him. <laughs> fucking stoolie. But he starts just like dumping sugar in his tea. <laughs> and the, the dad is just like, you know what? No, you drink black tea. You drink mine. 
He would drink tea like a man. And so, of course, then everybody dies except for the dad. And he still won't talk. No. Because he's got such devout uh, convictions. And so Mary starts screaming at him. She's like, you know, speak. This is what silence has done to our family. Silence has killed our whole family. I was waiting for him to be like, no, you killed our whole family. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, and then the intruder comes in, shoots the dad, and shoots Mary. Or just not Mary, sorry, Eleanor. In the face. In the face, yeah. And uh, Mary is just like, who, who hired you? Who told you to do this? And that's when the matriarch rises from the grave. Well, not not the grave. Her, her casket. She hasn't been buried yet. She's she's, she's sitting there. She's sitting there. It's, it's an open casket. And when when uh, what's his face gets his finger cut off, her finger her turns finger turns black. black which I don't know why. Don't yeah. No idea why. And but we saw like her finger twitching before that. Yeah, same finger. Yeah. So it was maybe she was like summoning him. A little magic finger. Magic yeah. finger action. Yeah, I, I've done oh, the magic finger. I know what it's like. I, I know what the magic finger is. <laughs> <laughs> the come hither. <laughs> so she rises up out of her coffin and makes Mary read part of this this evil book that the father brought in. It was uh, the old lady of Bathsheba or something. Bermuda. <laughs> Barbados. I don't know. Pukinus. <laughs> Pukinus. <laughs> And it's like basically the the story of this movie. It's like two women laid together, and then a woman saw them, so they killed her and uh, killed it. Killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) (laughs) So when that one would die, (laughs) and so yeah, the the grandma's just like you know, hey, oh, and then so uh, the woman in the story gets her eyes ripped out and so the old lady rips mary's eyes out as you do and uh and then the police come in and mary's just like she she says you know let me mourn for one day and give me food (laughs) no (laughs) that's that's that was my exact (laughs) reaction while i was watching it when she's like she's like let me mourn for one day leave food at my feet and leave me be or whatever and i'm just like no right (laughs) arrest her she can mourn in prison (laughs) you just killed your whole fucking family you're going to jail yeah uh and that's kind of the end and then she gets hunged oh yeah and then she gets she gets hung and we see her finger twitch right a little magic magic finger (laughs) that's not even a thing magic finger that's not a thing i made that up oh no it's a thing the motion that's real that's a thing (laughs) but really you know what they call that on the street the finger <laughs> I like magic about it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Fuck's sake was this boring. So this movie is incredibly well done. I mean, I guess, technically. Like, like the whole atmosphere of it and everything is fantastic, but yeah, it is slow. And I mean by design. That's what they wanted. It's a slow burning movie, but um, not not my style. Yeah. No. We so this entire movie. I mean, like it, it takes place in eighteen forty three. Um, you know, I think electricity had been 
invented, but was not widespread at that point. I don't remember exactly when Bell made his. 1827. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, you know, Electricity was not widespread at that point. So this entire thing takes a most of it takes place at night and it's entirely lit by candle. Mm-hmm. Which is cool in theory, but to watch it for an hour and a half gets a little annoying. Yeah. Like it's not a long movie. It's like eighty six minutes, I think. Yeah. Our, our it's, it's less hour than an hour and a half and change. Yeah. Um but it's like, you know, that. so I think it was last year, or maybe the year before, we had a short film at the festival <clears throat> that was similar in style in how it was filmed. Entirely lit by candle, very dark otherwise. Um, a lot of things take place in shadows. It was cool, but it was also like 10 minutes long. Yeah. To watch this for, like I said, an hour and a half-ish, it's just like, it gets taxing. Like, I get what you're doing here, but, man, you got to think about, you know, the experience of the viewer. Um, And so, yeah, like you said, it's it's done well. It's filmed well, and, like, the, you know, the, the set pieces, whether it was, whether or not that house was real or constructed for the film, I don't, I don't know, but... Um, all seem very genuine, but it's hard to watch. And fuck, man. It's so boring. <laughs> like, it's a Shudder movie. So you expect it to be horror, but like, you know. Yeah, like there's, like I said, there's the, the part in the coop where the matriarch makes Eleanor float. And then there's the part where she rises from out of the casket. And other than that, it there's no supernatural element to it there's no horror element to it yeah other than you know just an oppressive family but as far as you know horror genre it's um it's just those two things and it's and like i said those two things don't fit yeah. with the rest of the movie it's like why are these even in here yeah and you know it's a elevated horror bullshit it's like it doesn't get any better like everything you see that's elevated horror it's pretty much the same except for like Yo, um, what's his face? Um, Ari Aster. Yep. He's got a different take on it. His elevated horror is more horror than a lot of other stuff. Right. It's not just like, oh, this is a horror movie because look how shitty this family is. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not a horror movie. That's just a really depressing drama. Yeah. Um, you know who I blame for shit like this is fucking Roger Eggers. Robert Eggers. What did I say? I think you said Roger. Robert. Because, I mean, this played out very similar to The Witch. Yeah. Um, except I'd watched this ten times before I watched The Witch once again. I disagree with you on that one, but... Well, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. <laughs> you're stupid. You're stupid. Stupid face. You're stupid and ugly. <laughs> Probably because you're so fat. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh... God damn, like, and, you know, trying to watch this uh, with a, with an infant, like, next to impossible. Like, I was trying so hard to pay attention. And, like, not only was I, like, 
know, if there's something engaging going on, like something interesting, I can keep track of it even if I'm watching after him. But with this, like, I was I was bored, and so I was like forcing myself to pay attention. And so when I had to do something with him, I lost the thread. Like I completely lost track of the movie, and then I'd go back to it, and I'm like, oh, should I rewind that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Um, another thing, I kept reading about how there was like this gory end to the movie, and I was like, then when it ended, I was like, wait, where is it? With the eyes? It was either the eyes or the everybody spitting up blood when they drank the tea. That's the only thing I could think of. And I was like, that's not gory, man. I was promised this like gory ending, and that's what I got. Man, pe- people change, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, if I think of something that's gory, like, you know, like a slasher movie, that's gory. Yeah, I thought that movie was going to, like, come in and just, like, start stabbing everybody to death or something. I thought Rory Culkin was going to go crazy with a machete or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, what a fucking snooze fest. Like I said, I appreciate the the film as as a film. Like, I think it was, it was well-directed. It was well-acted. Um and like I said, it's it's slow by design. That's what the filmmaker wanted. Yeah. But it's that's not my style and obviously not yours. Yeah. I, I don't. You know, a lot of these people who are so into elevated horror um, will try and like talk down to people who don't like it. Like somehow we're like, you know. Philistines. Yeah, just total fucking dopes who don't, don't understand like true horror. It's like you get right the fuck out because like there is nothing horrific about 15 20 minutes of just silence. Is it And like there seriously that happens in this movie. Like there's just this long there's several scenes where no no one speaks. There's not there's barely even any sound effects in the background. It's just like what why am I watching this? <laughs> like you think about like seven, if it came out today, it would probably be called elevated horror. It's like, it's not a horror movie. It's, it's a crime drama. Like movies can be dramas. It's fine. You don't have to call yourself a horror. Or like people that insist thrillers or horrors. It's like sometimes they are sure. If something horrific happens, but just because something's like, Tense and thrilling doesn't mean it's a horror movie. Yeah. Um, no, I. This has no business calling itself a horror movie. Honestly, um, there's nothing horrific about it. You know the the old lady, you know, muting Eleanor, um, and you know at at the end presumably rising from her grave uh, and gouging Mary's eyes out. Like there's really no sense behind it. Like, I don't even understand why it happened. Um, oh, cause it was in the book. So what, what is that <laughs> even supposed to mean? I don't know, man. This is, fuck this movie. Honestly, the more, the more I talk about it, the more like the angrier I get. I was getting. 
it's like you know i watched it and i'm like okay i didn't like that but you know whatever but now i'm talking about it i'm just getting more upset <laughs> fuck this fucking movie <laughs> it's like how do you write how do you sit down and write this movie and then you read it back and you're like yeah that works like it almost feels like somebody like made this movie didn't have the the scene in the chicken coop and then like didn't have an ending and like went to his buddy and was like how do i end this He's like what if what if whoa dude what if the grandma comes back to life He's like, but why? It'd be fucked up, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, fuck, I got nothing else. Fine, whatever. Yeah, grandmother comes back to life. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. And even the title, like the last thing Mary saw, I'm like, oh, Mary saw some fucked up shit. No. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, she saw her whole family die, but that was at her hand, so. Yeah, she saw her fucking grandma's fingers, I guess. That's probably <laughs> the last thing she saw. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I you know, I I want to give props to the movie as uh, a piece of art, but it's definitely not uh not a movie that I enjoyed watching or would watch again. No. I would not recommend it to a single soul either. <clears throat> I'd recommend you you don't watch this. That would be my recommendation. So there you go. So what's your number? Two. God damn. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to be that harsh because, like I said, as as a piece of art, it checked all the right boxes. Um, I'll talk about a five. I'll just put it in the middle. I mean, like. The reason I'm giving it a two rather than the one was because it was shot well. Like it had nothing else that I would even respond to in it. <laughs> All right. Well, seems, that seems harsh so to me, but that's... I, I, I combine like it's shot well and and was acted like the acting was good. That's why I'm giving it a two. All right. Anyway. All right, so next up is the fifth entry in the Scream franchise, uh, titled Scream. so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. 
I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready for this? Never. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. All right, so Scream, uh, which is, like I said, the fifth movie in the franchise. It's following tr- this new trend where even though it's a sequel, I'm going to use the original title because that's not confusing down the line. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but they talk about that in this movie. Do they? Yeah. Because in this movie, Scream exists, but it's Stab. Stab, yeah. And, you know, obviously the original movies talked about Stab. But in this one, they actually they they show scenes from Scream, and they say that the person's watching Stab. They did, yeah. The scenes with Jamie Kennedy. How did I miss? <laughs> and uh, there's there's a new one out called it's called Stab, but it's the eighth part. It's the eighth one, right? And the guy's watching a video, and they're like bitching in the video. They're like, "Why not call it Stab Eight? Nobody knows." Okay, I do remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they showed because, like I said, I was just watching all, all trying to watch all the movies. I watched, I did successfully watch the first one and the second one. I remembered next to nothing about either of them, surprisingly. Like I thought, I remembered the first one pretty well, but there's a bunch of shit that I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that, that's a thing. Uh, in the second one, they have made stab the movie. Uh, and there's the opening scene with um, Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, where they're at the theater watching it, and the re- recreations of the movie, and they actually show scenes throughout throughout the movie of scenes from Stab, uh, and it's funny seeing all these celebrities who are playing themselves playing the characters <laughs> from you know the the events of the original movie, like Heather Graham played Drew Barrymore. Uh, Luke Wilson played Skeet Ulrich. Tori Spelling played Nev Campbell. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so this takes place, um, you know, present day. Uh, was this 25, 25 years? Has it been that long, really? I think so. Yeah, uh, 96. So almost 25 years? 26 years. Oh, right. Sorry. Doing my math wrong. <clears throat> um, yeah, so this takes place 26 years, you know, after the events of the first movie. Like I said before earlier in the show, 
everything that has happened in the Scream franchise is canon, so they're not rebooting anything or, you know, um, uh, retconning anything, that's the word. Um, <clears throat> but we, uh, it opens up very similar to how the first movie opened. Uh, we see a, a girl in her house um, by the name of Tara. She's um, she's alone in her house. She's texting her friend uh, about coming over, and she gets a call on her landline, which is like, do you know anybody who currently has a landline? That they actually use? They just have. I have one. You do? Yeah, because the, the triple play or whatever was cheaper than not having it. Oh, so you know you have a phone. No, I don't have a physical phone. Okay, no. so yeah. That's the thing. It's like they have a phone that is... Yeah, they have a physical landline that is active and in use, yes. Right, which is... I mean, no. <laughs> Nobody has a landline. Yeah, I don't think my grandmother even has a landline anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a number two, but like... Yeah, <laughs> number two. Poop, <laughs> <laughs> poop. Um... She uh, she's in her house alone, and she's texting her friend Amber uh, to come over and fucking party. And suddenly the landline starts ringing. She answers it, and there oh, I forget I forget the name that's given. Um, but he says, "Hi, I'm a friend of your mom from from group," and she thinks in her head that. It's her mom's new boyfriend, and he's afraid to say what group, or, you know, like, that he is her boyfriend. She's, like, texting her friend, saying, oh, my God, I think this is my mom's new boyfriend. You know, how girls text. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Little emojis. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, she starts getting very inquisitive, you know, like, you know, What's your name and you know what what group and blah blah blah, and you know I don't know about you, but like the longer I listen to this, the more I'm like, wait a minute, I recognize this voice because <laughs> like at first it it wasn't speaking very sinisterly. No, it was not. Uh, you know, he sounded like he's fumbling with his words. He's really nervous, and um, but conversation suddenly changes. And he says, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? He still didn't sound that sinister. No. Um, And she says, like, this is actually apt to our conversation for the last movie. She says that she likes elevated horror. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) She's like, you know, like things like the Babadook. Except she says Babadook. Babadook, yeah. Twice. Maybe that's because they say it in the movie. Because they're Australian. Baba Duke, Duke, Duke. Baba Duke can eat shit. You can eat shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck your face. Fuck your mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, don't fuck my mom. <laughs> no, you just gave me permission. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Baba Duke sucks. Um, no, it doesn't. It's so bad. You're bad. It's so bad. You're bad. You should feel bad. Like so bad that I want to like reach the TV and throw that kid like off the freeway overpass. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point. But why would I want to watch that? <laughs> it's another conversation that we probably had. Did we watch it for the show? Yeah, you gave it an eight. No. 
That doesn't sound like me at all. If I did, I want to change my rating. Anyway, um, so she's carrying on this conversation with this guy. He's asking about, you know, what her favorite scary movies are. And she's obviously not in, in the know, but we as the viewers know what's going on. And oh, sorry, you gave it a five. That's a little more accurate. <clears throat> and um, she, like, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details of this conversation, but he, basically he's just asking her about horror movies and conversation changes direction they, they, very quickly. They do like a trivia thing. Yeah. He's asking her trivia questions about Stab. Yeah, he says, you know, do you like the Stab movies? And he's like, she's like, well, I saw the first one, I think, but I haven't seen any of the others. So I heard they suck or something along those lines. You know, this movie leans in very heavily to the whole meta theme of the Scream movies. A little too much at times. Yeah. Although in hind, you know, in, in rewatching the old ones, the first one, like, my God, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. There is a janitor at the high school wearing a red and green striped sweater and a fedora. Is there? Yeah. I don't remember that. It's like Wes Craven is being self-referential. <laughs> it's like, I appreciate, what, appreciate you, Wes, but that's like sucking your own dick. <laughs> um, Meaning we'd all do it if we could. I mean, I, I but guess. we can't, so don't shove it in our face. <laughs> We'd all do it if we could, but we can't, so it's gross to watch somebody else do it. <laughs> there. Brought that around. <laughs> the old reach around. Um, so she, she, I guess she actually hangs up on the guy a couple times, and he, like, he says, you know, stop hanging up on me. And, um, and uh, she locks all the doors because she... Th- thinks she's just starts to get creeped out and she's texting her friend Amber and the phone starts ringing again and her friend says you should answer the door or you should answer the phone and so she answers it and she's like how did or she she tells Amber like how did you know my phone was ringing and she said this isn't Amber uh oh then he sends her or whoever is on the other is on the end sends a photo of Amber right uh, yeah, well, it's a presumably a live video of outside her window, like her bedroom window, uh, and saying, you know, if you if you want to see Amber alive again, you better play along. So yeah, he starts leading her down this this line of trivia questions about the Stab series, um, and she's answering the questions the best she could. She's just like. You know, I told you I had, I don't know these movies, um, but they're all about this first one, which again, like I was saying, a lot of this movie, a lot of references to the first movie, not so many, not so much for the other ones. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you you find out that he's whoever this is is actually in the house, and of course, it's, you know, familiar ghost face. Uh, chasing around the house, and she actually gives this guy a pretty good run for his money. You know, um, he's like, you know, trying to just tackle her and get on top of her and stab her and stuff, and 
she does a pretty good job fighting back for a while. Yeah. I mean, she survives, which was more than Drew Barrymore did. Right. Uh, which I was the whole, like this whole scene just felt very reminiscent of the opening scene with, yeah. with Drew Barrymore. And so I was just like, oh, well, she's fucking dead. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, she, um, yeah, she's a, she's a tiny little gal. So defending herself surprisingly well. Uh, but she's like trying to crawl away and because she's been stabbed, but he, she manages to fight him off and she's crawling away and the guy stomps on her leg and fractures her leg. It broke her tibia. No, it's not her tibia, but no, that is her tibia. <laughs> she broke my tibia. This one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shin bone. Yeah. Yeah. That's tibia. I was thinking this is tibia, but that's fibula. That's what's your fibula? The other bone in your leg. Yeah. Uh, you I got two? Yeah, tibula, fibula, femur. The hibula, bibula. Boobity boobity ham bone. It's connected to the <laughs> something. Something's connected to my wristwatch. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, anyway, so she uh, is just getting just getting fucked up. Um, and then, then the popo shows up. The cop, yeah, because she managed to call the cops or alert the police. I think because the the house alarm, right? She set it off. Yeah. Um, so the police start showing up, and he he takes off. It takes off into the into the night. Um, we get a call from, or so we jump to uh, this addiction. <laughs> Wait, is that no? That doesn't happen yet, doesn't it? No, because we see Sam, who's sitting outside of a bowling oh, alley. Oh, right, there's that part first. Um, Sam gets a call from. There's some other punk song playing. I don't remember what it was. Some fucking shit. Um, Sam's sitting there and her, her boyfriend who uh, what the hell is his name uh, Richie he's played by Jack Quaid who you'd probably recognize from the boys um, he comes out to you know to say hi and um, and uh, in the middle of this conversation she gets a call from Wes who is a is a friend from home in Westboro or Woodsboro it was this addiction, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was um, the American Scream. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, which, according to Scream Rant, is by Alkaline Tryon. Mm. Close but no cigar. Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, she's getting she gets a call from Wes, who's a home from uh, a friend from back home in Woodsboro. Um, saying that her sister Tara has been attacked uh, and she should come home. So she does that. Her and Richie take off and head back to Woodsboro. And as they're driving, they're explaining, you know, or she's explaining, you know, this is the this is where everything from the stab movies happened. He's like, I haven't. He's like saying he hadn't seen them, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, she's seems a little shocked by that, but. Um, I'm trying to remember just like a sequence of events, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Anyway, she come home. She comes home and she sees Tara in the hospital along with all of her friends, who were apparently like kids that Sam had babysat, you know, in in her high school days. 
Um, so one's Wes, Amber, um, twins. And twins. <laughs> uh, what are the twins' names? Miles and May- maybe. No, that's not right. You don't know. I can't, put, I can't possibly be right. Oh, it's, uh, let's see, Chad and... Oh, okay. Uh, Mindy. Their last name is like hyphenated. It's like Miles Morales or something. Yeah, it's Meeks Martin. Meeks Martin. <laughs> Miles Morales. Because they are the nephew and niece of Randy Meeks, Jamie Kennedy from the first film, mm-hmm, first mm-hmm, two films. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and his sister, Heather Matarazzo, or Martha, I guess, in, in this movie. Um, she makes a, a brief appearance. And, you know, something I realize is like a lot of these people that are in this movie, they've gotten so old. <laughs> like Heather Matarazzo and um, Marley Shelton, like both these people who I just have in my head as like, you know, like early 20s. Now they're, you know, in their 40s. And it's like, they look like, they look middle aged. And it's like, what? happened <laughs> where did the time go um anyway so um yeah sam comes home she reunites with it with tara and um this and that and the other <laughs> man i'm doing a terrible job at this um wes wes has bleached hair <laughs> yeah like it's a thing, like that people still do. And nobody talked. Well, I guess they did talk about it. But like when I first saw him, I was like, "Wait, is this the '90s?" Right? <laughs> it's it's not like he's got like like slim shady hair. He's just like got frosted tips. It's like, They're not quite tips though. It, I think it's just grown out. Maybe either way. Nobody who bleaches their hair. Not many. I mean, like I think that like women still do, but I don't think that's a style for guys anymore. Not really. Um. Okay, so Sam comes home and finds out that her that Tara's attacker was Ghostface, and so of course Tara not uh, from Wu Tang, not not Ghostface killer. He dropped the killer, did he? Yeah, because it's too violent. Yeah, because <laughs> Ghostface doesn't have <laughs> bad enough connotations. Um. Yeah, so she finds she finds out that Tara's attacker. Was Ghostface, um, and this brings out uh, some visceral emotions for Tara or for Sam, because we hmm, is this a spoiler? Uh, they kind of get it out of the way pretty quick. That's true. We find out that she can a girl be a bastard? <laughs> I think so. That's an old John Leguizamo bit. Oh. <laughs> From House of Buggin. <laughs> From a stand-up act. Um, she is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. Stu Loomis. No. Billy Stu Loomis. Stu's the other guy. Billy Loomis. Yeah. Um, and they brought back Skeet. Yeah, they, they de-aged him, and he appears I in... didn't think it was him at first. Why? I don't know. Because like, well, yeah, well, when I saw him, I was like... he. 
like Skeet Ulrich would have to be old. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that can't possibly be him. But yeah, they de- so they made him look as if like he did at the end of the first Scream movie, you know, all s- sweaty and dirty and, and Bloody, bloodied up. Yeah, stabbed. Um, but yeah, they, it was clearly him, just they de-aged him. Um, and he appears to her like in re- reflections. Yeah, because I was just like, you know, like you said, everybody else in this movie looks middle-aged. So I was just like, wow, that guy looks a lot like Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wait, she sees visions of him. We should probably say why he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, she sees visions of him and re- like reflections in the mirror and, and, you know, stuff like that. But she's like, takes these like antipsychotics or, or whatever they are. She's popping pills almost throughout the entire movie. Fucking Percocet. Um, because she's just dealing with this repressed, um, you know, damage that she is the, the illegitimate daughter of a serial killer. Um, apparently her mother, who they kept referring to their mother, but at no point actually say who she is. I mean, I don't know if she's if anybody of consequence, but the way they kept referring to her, you'd think that they would have... It's like, oh, surprise, it's this person from the first movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, both Sam and Tara are uh, Latino. Um, so I, I don't know anybody from the first movie. I can't think of anybody. You watched it more recently than me, so you would know better than I. Uh, doesn't matter. Um Anyway, but we find out that Stu was having an affair with Sam and Tara's mom while she, he was dating Sydney in the first movie. Wait, so is Tara his daughter too? No. Okay, they're half sisters. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this is just because this is a secret that she's been holding on to her entire life. It's caused her a lot of psychological damage, and she, um, she's, you know, Feels like she needs to hold on to it. Um, so, because they sent, because she senses that the like the killings might be starting up again, since we've got some nutcase running around in a ghost, ghost face outfit, they seek out the help of uh, former sheriff uh, Dewey Doofy Doofy. <laughs> uh, yeah, former Woodsboro sheriff um, Dewey Riley. Played by none other than former WW or WCW champion David Arquette. That's right. Um, he's looks like he's. I mean, he's he's been through a lot. He's been through four movies worth of damage, um, and he is now, like I said, retired. Uh, we find out for by force, like they they asked him to leave, um, and. He's he's clear, clearly burned out. He lives in a trailer in a mobile park. Um, and um, I don't know if it's is it coffee he pours himself first thing in the morning or is it, was it booze? I can't. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, he, he seems like he's had it rough. Um, sits down, he turns on the news, and we see none other than his, now we know, ex-wife, Gail Weathers, um, on, on TV uh, anchoring some news program. Knock at the door, it's Sam and Richie, and you know, they say, okay, well, my sister Tara was attacked by somebody wearing a ghost face outfit. And so, you know, this is old hat for Dewey at this point. He's like, look, I'm not getting involved, but here are the rules. You know, 
How long have you known him? What are the rules? <laughs> yeah, she says, how, how, how long have you known him? You know, referring to Richie, and she says, about six months. And uh, he says, well, you know, there's your first suspect right there. <laughs> Richie's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm sitting right here. <laughs> uh, and so he just basically, he, he kind of does the same thing Randy was known for in, in the first two movies, just being like this horror expert who knows all the rules for a horror movie, which always... Although Mindy did that, too. That's true. Mindy was... Mindy's the one that went off about requels for 35 minutes. Yeah, and she was like... Uh, she, Mindy being um, Randy's niece, she was like the reincarnation of Randy. She's basically what they do in a lot of requels where they retool an old character into a new person. Mm-hmm. That's basically what she was. Yeah. And for a movie that being as um, self-aware as this was, you'd think that she would have recognized that at some point too. <laughs> Although she does when she's being attacked. Because during a party, she's watching Stab. and The, the part, scene with Jamie Kennedy. The part where it shows Jamie Kennedy's character or the Randy character in Stab being snuck up behind while he's watching. Fuck. It's like a, it's like when you put two mirrors together. (laughs) So the scene where Randy is watching Halloween, telling Jamie Lee Curtis to turn around, turn around, turn around. She's telling Randy to turn around, turn around, turn around. And she sits there and she's like, wait a minute. And she turns around right as, Ghostface is about to get her. Um, so, uh, anyway. And she's like, this is the movie. <laughs> um, she doesn't say that. I would have fucking turned this off. <laughs> walked out. Uh, so she... Um, yeah, so, okay. Back on... Man, keep getting lost in the, in the, in the ether here. <laughs> So Sam goes back. So remember, we don't need to walk through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sam tries to get the help from Dewey, and Dewey's like, you know, I'm not getting involved with this again. I've been through. It. I've been stabbed nine times. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> um. And uh. You know. So they. You know. Sam resolves she's got to do this herself. Basically. Um. When she leaves, Dewey calls Sydney. Um. We find out Sydney has married. Mark, the detective from Scream 3. It's a little callback to... It's like one of the very few callbacks to any other movie other than Scream 1. But he's never in this movie. No. <laughs> like, where the fuck is he this whole time? Um, yeah, he says, you know, uh, the, killer, the killings are happening again, happening again. Don't come here. And he's like, do you have a gun? And she's like, I'm Sidney Prescott. Of course I have a fucking gun. Um, and, uh, then he, <laughs> he texts Gail saying killings are happening again. Don't come here. Smiley face. <laughs> or, or he says like, don't come here. Uh, I hope you're well. Smiley face. And then wait, when she's watching stab, is that not actually Jamie Kennedy? No, it's the, act- I, it's the actor that played Jamie Kennedy in stab. I legit thought that was Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> That's what I was wondering what you, like we were saying that Jamie Kennedy was in this and then. I didn't think he was in it, but I thought he was. I thought they were like watching the actual scene from Scream. No, like no. I thought that was actually him. 
Um, although the way they, like the scenes that they show in Stab throughout the Scream series, like the recreations of what actually happened, it's like, how do they document that so well? It's like people are being either chased around by a killer or were nowhere near the scene. Like how do they, it's like the exact same wording. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Tara, Sam goes back to the hospital where she's attacked by Ghostface. Um, and so this is when you start to kind of narrow down the suspect list because like who was in the room, who had, you know, opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's clearly somebody trying to recreate the same occurrences that happened in Woodsboro uh, 25 years prior. Um, uh, yeah. And so naturally, um, Sydney and Gail both come back to town. So you've got three legacy characters, as they refer to them, um, to kind of teach the new generation how to, how to handle it. And yeah, I mean, to avoid going into more unnecessary detail, that's, that's kind of the gist of the movie. Um, I mean, Sam is basically fighting this, her, her lineage, like just, she, she's stressing about it throughout the entire movie, like how she's worried it might be in her blood. Cause you know, like that's, that's like science to, to a degree, like psychological stuff. Like people wonder if there's like a murder gene, Mm -hmm. you know, the offspring of serial killers, nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, and there's somewhat legitimate arguments on a, on either side, so it's really don't know if there is a murder gene, um, but anyway, so there you go. What do you think, Taylor? It's okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, and I mean, I liked it fine. It, it it's the all the. The meta stuff was really heavy-handed. It was. Um, I feel like, you know, like I said, going back and watching the first few movies and seeing all the self-referential meta stuff that happened in those, suddenly this one doesn't seem as heavy-handed, but this one really leans into it. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if, like, I don't know, honestly, if that was supposed to be a thing like if they knew that they were leaning into it really heavily because they had to because that's what reboots tend to do is they lean into the shit that happened in the original films like i said the part where the guy's watching the youtube video and they're like why isn't it called stab eight it's like clearly they know what they're doing right um yeah so whether like like i said i I don't know if it was intentionally heavy-handed or if it was an accident because they thought they were being so clever. I really have no idea. It's, it, it's hard to tell. But, <clears throat> no, I mean, for the most part, I think it worked. It wasn't super distracting. Except, at, you know, at certain points. Um, you know. Yeah, it wasn't like an ongoing thing, which maybe made it even more groan-worthy when it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, you discover that, like, Amber actually lives in Stu's old house. So the house where the where, where the end the final scenes of the original screen movie take place, it's that house. So that's where we all of course all end up at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um which again is very 
like that's, that's what's very Halloween. It's super Halloween, but that could have been by design. Yeah, totally. You know, because that's what you expect from something like this. You know, where they're trying to recapture the same movie from a quarter century ago. So, like, I don't know what to make of all the meta stuff. Like, I don't know if it was... Because, like, I didn't think it was distracting. So I'm having a hard time, like, thinking poorly of it. But it was very... It was it was abundant. Like, there was a lot of it. And, like, I don't know if that was tacky or clever. <laughs> and, like, maybe the fact that I don't know makes it clever. I, <laughs> I'm so confused. But, I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty good for a sequel. I mean, at the very least. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely better than Scream 3. Yes. Which, my God, was bad. Um, and I can't say anything about 4. I haven't heard a lot of positive things about it, but whether or not it's good or not, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought that it, it was um, it was decent enough for what it was. I think it, it accomplished its goals of, like, you know, bringing the franchise into a new generation while still honoring the legacy of, of the previous movies. Right. Um, I mean, you know, you, you said it very quickly, but there is a character named Wes, which is the blonde guy, the bleach blonde guy. Yeah. Played by Dylan Minnette. Right. Of... Uh, um, uh, <sighs> The fuck's that Goosebumps, movie? Goosebumps, 13 Reasons Why. Um, the one with Jane Levy. With the with the blind guy. Don't speak. Oh, no. Uh, don't, don't breathe. Don't breathe. Yeah. Don't speak is a song. By by no doubt. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, yeah, there was definitely um this was the first movie that Wes Craven didn't direct. Obviously. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of, um, like, it was right before the credits started rolling, it said for, uh, for West, mm-hmm. which is nice. I'm reading here, and I I remember the scene, but I don't remember seeing any of these faces. It says, uh, cast members were, were party goers who participated in a toast for Wes, which doubled as a tribute for the late Wes Craven. It says, uh, uh, Matthew Lillard, Hayden Panettiere, Jamie Kennedy, Henry Winkler, and Adam Brody. They were at the party? Apparently. Or I don't know if the party is necessarily a right. Oh, wait. Because there was, wasn't there a wake? Like a. Like All right. A well, fan? spoiler alert. Wes dies. <laughs> Sorry. Whatever. But yeah. They, they hold. It's a. I mean. <laughs> it's a scream movie. You should assume that most people are going to die. Yeah. I mean, I. It. It was a party, but yeah, it was like in his, in honor of his demise. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think all these people who are like either middle-aged or senior citizens would stand out at a party. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A bunch of high school kids. Also, Um, Matthew Matthew Lillard, who's like 6'8". Right. Well, it's like, it's like Matthew Lillard apparently did the voice of Ghostface in Stab 8. Drew Barrymore was a high school principal. What? When was there a high school principal? I don't remember. There's one point, I think it's when they're in the hospital, and 
uh, Ghostface like turns on a voice modulator thing, and he sounded like Patton Oswalt. Wait, sorry, say that again. There's a point where Ghostface, he's, he, I think it's when they're in the hospital, and he's got like a voice modulator that he turns on. Yeah, and he sounds like Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I didn't catch that. But... And I was like, I know that's not him because that would be fucking bizarre. <laughs> I wish it was, though. Wish it was Pat Oswalt? Yeah, and they just let him just say whatever he wanted. And just like, and like, he just did like this, his like silly voice. Like he was just like, I just said it's a pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to fuck? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Man, so I just want to say the voice of Ghostface for all five movies, Roger L. Jackson. Man, really? It's the same guy? Yeah. I thought he sounded way different in this. Didn't, yeah. Maybe not way different, but different. See, after watching the first movie, it sounded different. I think for all four of the other movies, including this one, actually, no, he sounded different in this one. But so he sounded one way in the first movie. Then I think it felt like he sounded different in two, three, and four. And then he sounded different again in this one. Maybe it was an age thing. I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah. But man, what a cool voice to have. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Sydney. You know, they were sell- like the the voice changers that they use in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like the, when they're actually holding them, you can see them. Like they, those are real things. Those are real voice changers. Right. But they don't sound anything like that. No, they have like robot... <laughs> Right. Uh, they have like robot female voice. Um, they don't have a Roger L. Jackson setting. <laughs> is he related to Samuel? Yep. Of the uh, the L. Jackson. Their last name is L. Jackson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he added the the L because he didn't want to get confused with with Samuel. What? <laughs> That makes no sense. <laughs> he changed from Roger Jackson to Roger L. Jackson so he wouldn't be confused with Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, all these things happen. <laughs> I didn't say it made sense. I just said that's what he did. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just reading some trivia about this. Uh, I don't think it was on here. It must have been on IMDb. Um, that um, Nev Campbell didn't originally want to be in it. Because she didn't want to make a screen movie without Wes Craven. I think I heard that. Um, but the directors, um, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette, uh, they wrote like wrote her a letter saying what an inspiration Wes was for them, not only growing up but in their film careers. Uh, and I guess it just touched her so deeply that she agreed to be in the movie. Hmm. So, um. Anyway, so yeah, it's a sequel. You know, you can only expect so much. I thought it was a pretty good sequel considering, I mean, like, I can't, again, I can't say much about Scream 4 because I only watched about 15 minutes of it. Um, it didn't seem like it was really going anywhere and it seemed pretty. I've heard it's better than 3 at it's, least. It's not hard to do. 3 was just terrible. When you fucking cast, um, uh, what the hell is her name? Not Parker Posey. It's the wrong person. Oh, yeah, Parker Posey. 
You get like Parker Posey to play a role in a horror movie and Jenna McCarthy. It's just not going to go well. Jenny McCarthy in anything is it's not good. It's, it's not so good. Unless she pulls her boobs out, but that's all. Yeah. Like, she's so, like, if there was going to be a reason I, actually, I haven't watched Mass Singer in a while, but if there was a reason I was going to stop watching it, it'd probably be her. Even though I really can't stand any of the judges, she'd be the one that, like, made me stop watching. I strongly considered stopping watching with Nick Cannon when he went on his, like, anti-Semitic rant. They're all kind of insufferable. They're all kind of shitty people. I mean, like Ken Jeong, he's he's just annoying. Yeah. Same with Nicole uh, Scherzinger. Nothing wrong with her. She's just annoying. But Jenna McCarthy, she's an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. She just breeds misinformation. Uh, Robin Thicke, sexual predator. <laughs> and yeah, Nick Cannon, anti-Semite. The whole show is just full of shitty people. Yeah, and then like this season, they had like Logan Paul on, and I was like, can we stop? Like... <laughs> What are you doing? One of the Duck Dynasty guys was on there. Was he really? Yeah. Fucking Christ. <sighs> Just scraping the bottom of the barrel, huh? Fucking A. And you know, like I feel like every season they're like, the bigger stars than ever. Duck Dynasty, really? <laughs> Is that show even on anymore? Well, they're always like, between our contestants, we have 14 Grammys and this many this and this many that. And then it's like, here it is. And it's, you know... Uh, uh, some fucking guy. You know, Whitney Houston. It's like, well, yeah, she has fourteen Grammys. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, I think one of the major complaints I had about this were actually about Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox. Like, there were three characters from the previous movies in this. Sidney Prescott, Gail Weathers, Officer Doofy. (laughs) Yes, Officer Doofy from uh, fucking Scary Movie. I get it. (laughs) Um, So those were the the three returns. The the one that I felt fit the best in the movie was Dewey. Yeah. The other two, it seemed like they just showed up for a day and were like, I, I don't know. It seemed like they were like shoehorned into the mo- into the movie, very similar to how I felt with Ghostbusters Afterlife. At the end, sure. Um, it's just like I mean, it's cool that they're there. That's kind of what legacy characters are supposed to be, though. Yeah. Um, but it, I get what you're saying, though. Like, if if they're going to be ancillary characters, then they need to be ancillary characters. You can't shoehorn them in and then all of a sudden, you know, make them a major pl- plot point. Yeah. Um, I was trying to say that without giving anything away. Yeah. You know, like in all the other movies. Courtney Cox has a wicked one-liner at the end. <laughs> which you just, you saw coming from a mile away. Oh, yeah. It um, was one of those things that were like, if she didn't say it, you would have been like, oh, come on. It was right there. <laughs> Left me hanging. Um, what was I going to say? Shit. I don't know. Can't remember. Doesn't matter now. 
Um, yep. I don't know if they are they planning to make another one of these. You know, I don't know if it's uh, in the plans or not. Oh, Campbell and the film's directors have expressed interest in making future films in the series. Is this really what Nev Campbell wants to make of her career? I mean, I know it made her career, but is this how she wants to like keep going? Well, nobody's remaking Party of Five, so. Well, they did make Party remake Party of Five. Well, they're not doing it again. <laughs> I think they remake. What a great party of a five! five. <laughs> what does Nev Campbell sound like? Uh, uh, yeah, they, I think they remade Party of Five and then it got canceled after like two seasons. Probably. Like it one sounds like season. a terrible idea. <laughs> one season. Yeah, five children who miss, must take care of themselves after their parents are deported back to Mexico. Who did you say played Gale in the in Stab? I said Parker Posey, but that didn't feel right. Hmm. Is that right? Did, I don't. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Oh. Cherio Terry was scary movie, right? Yes. Okay. Because in my mind, that's all I could think of. And I was like, I know that's not right because <laughs> there's no way they made Cherio Terry. And uh, now I need to check because I feel like it's the wrong name. It'd be really funny if it was Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> that's what they should have done. They made like they made a reference to Jennifer Aniston in. I think the second one uh, and it was Courtney Cox made it made the reference have you seen we're the Millers yes have you watched the bloopers at the end it's Parker Posey uh, I don't know maybe there's one where they're like they're driving along they're driving along in their RV and uh, Sudeikis puts on the radio. He's like, Oh, I love this song. And it's the theme to friends. <laughs> and you just like looks right in the camera. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So in scream two, somebody is talking to, to Gail saying the that real Gail or the, in, the real Gail. Okay. The, the one about, about making stab or the stab sequel. That's scream three. Okay. So yeah, Scream 2, Gail's talking to somebody, I can't remember who it is, um, and this person says like something like, you, you know, I saw those nude pictures that popped up online. She's like, that was just my head on Jennifer Aniston's body. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, we've been babbling about not scream for a while. Best Parker Posey role. <laughs> uh, best in show. Was she in any of the Wet Hot American Summer stuff? I feel like she had to be. I don't recall. But Me neither, but I feel like she just fits in with that group. <laughs> um, Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, yeah, any, any of the Christopher Guest movies, she's fucking hilarious in those. Christopher Guest didn't do Josie and the Pussycats. I'm not talking about Josie and the Pussycats. You know why they didn't make a sequel to that? Because it was terrible. No. You don't put fucking, what's her face? Um, 
Rachel Lee Cook. Nope. Tara Reed. Tara Reed. You don't put Tara Reed in movies. <laughs> she is just so bad. Oh, she was in Blade Trinity. That was a pretty killer role. She played a villain. Yeah, I remember that. With Triple H. Yeah, Triple H was her like assistant. Her brother. But he was like her sidekick, right? Like they were like he, a brother and brother and sister team. But she was more in charge, wasn't she? I feel, I feel like she was more in charge, and he was just kind of the muscle. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Scream, pretty good, I think. Uh, was, like, it, I mean, as most things these days, most people online are either like, "This is the greatest in this history of the franchise," or they're like, "This is fucking dog shit. I hate it. I want to kill everything." <laughs> It's really hard for me to go either direction because I was never a big Scream fan. Scream Scream was like on the tail end of my formative years as a horror fan. So like it never really like I wasn't in that generation of people that grew up on movies like this. Mm-hmm. Um because this spawned however many different kinds of you know um copycats and like i mean i watched them all like you know um i know you did last summer and urban legends those kinds of movies of course i watched them all but they were never really part of my development as a horror fan because i'd already kind of like designed my own tastes at that point i guess uh but there are people out there you know in the new generation of uh directors and stuff writers who grew up on this shit yeah um, so for me to say one's better than the other, or that they're all crap or they're all good, it, it's, it's hard to say. Cause it's like, yeah, fine. I'm not going to go back to them and watch them all the time, but they're fine. Yeah. Except three, three's terrible. It's like, they tried to make it too funny. There's a lot of slapstick shit. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> it was like, they're, it's like they're trying to make a parody of scary movie. <laughs> Um, anyway, but after watching, again, I didn't watch four, but after watching the, the first three movies, I'd say this is probably the best sequel. Um, cause it didn't rely too heavily on legacy characters. Um, but it also had like a you know twenty five years of of uh, legacy to fall back on. Yeah. So, uh, I give it a seven. Yeah. Um. Like I said, like people on the internet, you know, everything has to be the best or the worst. But it's like no, sometimes things are in between. Sometimes yeah. there's shades of gray. Um. I, I don't remember the sequels very well, so I don't really know where I would put this in the chronolo- chronology. Um, I guess that's not the right word, but I don't know where I would rank this in the series. <clears throat> but um, no, I thought I thought it was fine. The, just the some of the the more meta parts, like when uh, what was her name went on and on about requels. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, we get it. You can stop now. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a little much for me. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, I mean, it was, it, it felt like a screen movie, which is, you know, a compliment because like you said, it's, it's not Wes Craven doing it. So yeah, for it to kind of have that, that feel and that same, uh, general tone is, is a compliment to the filmmakers. And, you know, I mean, sorry, not to cut you off, just scream and scream Two. I, I mean, I, I guess all three of the original movies, the, the first three of the, of the, of the series, they had such a very 90s feel and early 2000s feel to it. So it just seems really dated. This one was made for this day and age, you know? Yeah. So that that's kind of, I think, probably why it reads. But at the same time, it felt very 90s at points. Well. Like we sure. said, with Wes's fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. Damn right you will. You don't tell me what I do. You know what? Fuck it, six. Fuck you. <laughs> you want to keep going? I'll go to five. I got all day. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I only watched probably about fifteen, maybe twenty minutes, or shit, maybe it was half an hour. I don't know. It, 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 you know what? I watched the whole thing. <laughs> maybe I watched the whole fucking thing. I don't know. I only watched part of part four. I'll probably watch it, watch the entirety of it at some point. But um, I think from what I've seen, the way that I would rate the whole series, so I'd put, I go Scream, 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 (laughs) Scream 2, Scream 4, Scream 3. And that says a lot because not only did I put Scream 3 at the bottom, but I put it before a movie I haven't seen all of. <laughs> that was a terrible sentence. I haven't. I put it before a movie. After a movie. Sorry, I put it after a movie of which I have not seen the entirety. Oh. That, was, <laughs> that was even worse. <laughs> I put it after a movie I haven't seen all of. No, it's, you can't end in a preposition. I know, but it doesn't feel right not to. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so we're done. A movie that you have not seen in its entirety. That's the one. Boom, suck it. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, guys. So, yeah, um, last thing Mary saw is on Shutter. Scream is in theaters. But, you know, with the way things are, as of late, I don't think it's going to be long before it's on VOD. When I saw it, it was already in a small theater. Mm. So. Yes. Although that happened when I saw Spider-Man, too. And that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hey, guys, if you want to see a fucking kick-ass movie, go see Spider-Man. Go see kick-ass. <laughs> go see Spider-Man. Do you Spider- like kick-ass? No, it's fine. But that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. That movie fucking rules. And that's 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 my word on and that's it. the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Because st- tone, tone Cold. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> stone Stone Tone. Stony? 
Whistle. <laughs> okay. Let's end this before before, before you ends. say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, so we'll be back here in a couple weeks with a brand spanking new episode. Taylor, what are we what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about two brand new movies featuring the incomparable Tony Todd. Uh, one is called Stoker Hills, and the other is called Hellblazers. I can't say if that speaks highly or poorly of Tony Todd that he has two brand new movies out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a worker. Sure. Putting sure. in work. Hellblazers also has like day. Adrian uh, Barbeau is in it. Bruce Dern is in it. Meg Foster is in it. Courtney Gaines is in it. John Kassir is in it. So just like basically a bunch of it's basically, old people who it's, did horror movies. It's basically like a Crypticon lineup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Can't wait for Crypticon this year. <laughs> What's up, Jason? Uh, sponsors of the great 2022 Great Flat Film Fest. Woo! That's right. Tell them about it, Taylor. Thanks for the money. Tell, tell them about the Film Fest. It's, uh, it's going to be February 5th uh, from 3 to 7 Pacific time on greatplotfilmfest.com. Get your tickets so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. You can watch it in your underwear. I don't care. Or no underwear. Sometimes people do, wear Do what underwear. you want. You wear fucking jockstrap, put yogurt in your mouth and a popsicle stick up your ass. <laughs> fucking weirdo oh i'm the weirdo (laughs) this guy with the yogurt up his ass that's right it was yogurt up his ass and popsicle stick in his mouth (laughs) okay so uh until we return again where people can people fucking christ (laughs) Where can people find us, Taylor? Greatplotpodcast.com. Uh, also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember that you can both listen and uh, review on Spotify now, so make sure you're doing that if you're listening there. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And, of course, check out Patreon.com slash Podcast for exclusive content, store discounts, and more. Remember, guys. If you rate us, if you give us a good rating on Spotify, Taylor will suck your dick off. None of that is true. He's going to suck it. He's going to suck it so good. I know I still owe uh, Bob an ass tattoo. I mean, you know, with COVID going on, everything's kind of up in the air right now. He's making excuses. I still still got the money sitting in my wallet. He's dragging his feet. I'm busting chops all day. (laughs) Ask anyone. All right, guys. We'll be back with more of this in two weeks. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. We're the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Caught up in this madness too blind to see Walk and I'm all feelings in And I lost control I'll taste your blood tonight You know I'll make you wanna scream You know I'll make you wanna run